Good evening and welcome to the Voices in Recovery podcast, brought to you by the Freedom's Path Recovery Society. We are not affiliated with any 12-step fellowship, nor do we wish to propose only one solution. We understand how different solutions can greatly increase an individual's chance of survival. We hope to illuminate some of the recovery process by sharing as many human stories as we can. Why, you might ask, to show that we can and do build stable lives from a former state of chaos, desperation, and hopelessness. Our stories become our strength. Please remember that any and all opinions shared and heard are those of the individuals and not a reflection of Freedom's Path Recovery Society or any other entity. So regardless of how crappy or wonderful our opinions might be to you, they still remain opinions, nothing more. You might hear swearing adult themes and situations as well as the tragedies humans face and walk through every day. It is not suitable for children unless they are accompanied by a parent or guardian or have the explicit permission of those individuals. Right on. Tonight's guest is a good friend and seriously, probably the main reason we are absolutely having a podcast. (laughs) It's Darcy Robinson. Darcy, how you doing, man? I'm good. How about you? I'm doing pretty good, man. We just had a good good meal, so I mean, oh, how much more good? can you complain? Yeah. Like, it's a great night. Like, how many desserts did you get? I uh, had like a couple. I had like four. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she filled up a plate, an extra plate, uh, my yeah. daughter, and just uh, brought that up. Yeah. We kind of split it, yeah. Sweet. Yeah, it was absolutely wonderful. Right so. on, man. So yeah, thanks to the church for that. Oh, dude, we're, we're happy to have as many people yeah, as possible, man. Absolutely. Yeah, no, it's been interesting. I... I um, I've been thinking a lot about this since you asked me to be on here a couple of days ago, just what the hell to talk about. Mm-hmm. And for me, honestly, I think the biggest thing that I've gotten out of this is just how much this has impacted my life. Because mm. when we first started doing this, it was like, yeah, okay, I'll record, I'll do the editing, yeah. you know, and I knew the concept would be good and I'll, I'll learn and it'd, yeah. be, it'd be interesting. Mm-hmm. But I honestly didn't realize how much kind of an impact it would have in my life. Mm. Um, and I think if my wife is here, she could testify to that or even Samantha. But like when I come out of here on Saturdays, I'm like, like, I'm like jazzed up. Like I'm like, it's, and I know it it shouldn't, it seems weird to say that when somebody's telling you like a really, you know, hard story Mm -hmm. or, but it's, uh, it's, it's not excitement for hearing their story. It's an excitement Mm -hmm. of like, holy crap, like other people go through stuff and like, yeah, just, uh. I try to take little bits and pieces out of all their stories and try to see how that relates to my life. Cause there's yeah. <clears throat> well, I'm myself. I don't have necessarily an addiction issue with drugs or alcohol. Mm. Some would say sugar, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I would get the same label. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm getting off Coca-Cola though. Yeah. Um, Good. But uh, devil Coca-Cola. Yeah, I know. I used to say, I'm just like riding the dragon. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but dude, you kind of were because that stuff melts paint. Oh yeah, it's it's like terrible. It used to like, didn't it? Oh yeah, and well, in like uh, I don't know, since I was in high school, I think I was about fifteen, sixteen. Mm-hmm. That's when I started having almost a coke a day. Yeah, and it's so like I'm in my forties now, so yeah. that's a lot of coke. That's a lot of coke, man. And uh, but you know, I have a lot of family that's alcohol or drugs. Mm. Okay, uh, and none of them have ever gone into recovery mm. and none of them will admit that they have a problem. You know, um, I have, for example, I, I'm my brother who, uh, 
he was, I mean, he was strung out on just about, he's tried just about everything that I can think of. Yeah. Um, there's probably a lot of stuff I don't know, but, uh, he's there's, tried a lot. Yeah. And, um, you know, he's, he's thinks he's manageable now at like mm. about a case of beer or maybe two cases of beer a week, mm. you know, yeah. just on Fridays, Saturdays, or, you know, the occasional weeknight, if it's been a hard day at work or something, mm. but it, that's manageable to him. Yeah. And that's kind of how my whole family was. Okay. Except yeah. for my mom and my dad. Yeah. So my mom's whole side of her family has a lot of drugs mm-hmm. and alcohol issues. Yeah. Um, and I, I just think there's a lot of like trauma in that family mm-hmm. and nobody talks about it. Yeah. So like, I, I don't even really know what happened. I know like um, I had a, a great aunt, uh, like my grandmother's sister. She was uh, one of the people that her dad took her uh, to get sterilized when Alberta was doing oh, sterilization. Yeah. So if you had to be mentally handicapped or a parent or somebody had to say, oh, no, this is a wild child. We need to. Oh. And so, you know, there was a lot of rumors about what was going on in the family at the time yeah. when that happened. And so, you know, stuff like that. Dude, and I just got goosebumps. I forgot all about the sterilization shit. Yeah. Did here. yeah. And so to have that so close into the family, and like, I didn't know that until I was in my 30s. Yeah. My mom was like, yeah, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> Let's slow down the treat. What? <laughs> and so, so I think there's just a lot of that contributed. Yeah. Um, my grandma and her siblings were all functionally illiterate mm-hmm. and they still are. Yeah. They've never gone to school one day in their life. Oh, wow. Like not even grade one. So yeah, it's a very weird story, family story. Yeah. And, uh, it's just, it sounds interesting. Not weird. Just different. <clears throat> well, it is. Cause like my, I guess my great grandparents, they came from the States and they basically came up from like Maine. Okay. Traveled all across the country with like these three kids. Yeah. Not all of their kids, just three of them. Oh, there was more kids. Than there three. was more kids back in Maine. Okay. And then they decided Who did they to leave the kids with <laughs> family, I guess. Okay. And then they uh, they dropped these three off in Rocky Mountain House and left them there. They left them there with uh, f- family. Yeah. Like extended family. And then they just moved on. They they dropped them off, stayed the summer, back down to Maine, left wow. the three kids. And but they but they were specific. They did not want those kids going to school. So this is something I can't technically prove in my family because of mm. records and stuff yet, yeah. or I haven't been able to. But um, I believe that the mother was like my great grandma was in uh, what they would have called uh, industrial school in Indian industrial school down in the states. Oh, that's what they so call it down there. Yeah, yeah. So I think when she came out of that, it was. These kids look dark. Yeah. Let's get them out of here and never put them in school. Oh, so, so she shipped her dark kids up to Canada. Is what you're yeah. Saying. Oh, potentially. I shouldn't say yeah, that's, that's what she did. That's, what, that's as far as anybody in the family can figure yeah. out so far. And the other thing is, is uh, she used to come back. She'd make that whole trip mm-hmm. all every summer to come back and see and spend the summer <sighs> with the kids in Rocky yeah. Mountain House. Um, and, uh, but yeah, so that's, I think that's why. And, yeah. I mean, when they were seven years old, they were working in the farm fields and out working all day long. Yeah. So, and they didn't need to go to school then. <clears throat> no. Yeah. No. And, and then, uh, you know, my, my grandfather on my mom's side, he was an alcoholic his whole life. Yeah. He died basically because of alcohol. Hmm. Um, that's a shame, man. I'm well, sure. he ended up getting leukemia, but I mean, it was just his life was, yeah. I mean, he was, I remember going to see him at times and he was so skinny 
because he wouldn't have he didn't have money for food, just mm-hmm. booze, just booze. And so, like, I rem- every Christmas, I remember what we would do is put together like this huge box mm-hmm. of just soups and anything canned, yeah, and take it to him. And that was, I think, all the food he had for months. Wow. Yeah, and if he didn't not have food, surprising. He just didn't eat. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, not surprising, man. I went many a days without meals. Yeah. 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 And so I just um. I think, I don't know. There was a lot of family trauma, but my dad and my mom kind of shielded us from a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Um, like I remember getting like three in the morning phone calls from my drunk aunt, you know, telling my dad he was an a-hole and this and F mm-hmm. him. And because he, he took her sister away from the family and <laughs> stuff like yeah. that. Like, you know, and this is like, they've been married 21 years already yeah. at that point. So, um, so there's just a lot of stuff like, but I was just mm-hmm. kind of isolated from it. Yeah. And then. I started binge drinking when I was about 13. Yeah. That's when I really started getting drunk every weekend. Yeah. And my brother was doing it when he was 13. Mm-hmm. And we grew up in Sylvan Lake, so there was nothing to do all winter long. Yeah. And all summer long was a party. Yeah. So it was like you were drunk all winter because there was nothing else to do. If you, if you didn't yeah. play hockey, which I did for years, but then I started refereeing mm-hmm. and blah, blah, blah. But it was just, it was party all week or all yeah. weekend, every weekend in the winter. And then in the summer, it was like every night was a party. Wow. You know, there was bush parties and house parties and, you know, everything. It was just crazy. So right on. it was fun. But uh, I actually remember distinctly making a decision mm-hmm. that I needed to change my life. Okay. And I was, I was 18 years old and <clears throat> there was this huge party and a bunch of us were there and it was just insane. Yeah. And we were all having a great time. But uh, police came, and so everybody scattered, <laughs> and they just went around and drove around town until they picked up who they whoever they thought was at that party. Yeah. And the guys that were over 18 got charged. The guys under 18 got their parents called. And oh. so I was like th- three months over 18. So got a criminal charge for that. Yeah. Got to spend the night in the drunk tank with- What did you get charged with? It was- uh, Somehow they charged me with- um, No, it was drunk- it was like drunk in public. Yeah, it was like intoxicated in public. Yeah. And when I went to get my pardon, even the Calgary police were like, because it was RCMP and Sylvan Lake. Yeah. He couldn't believe that I got a criminal record for that. He was like, "Man, those guys are idiots." <laughs> I'm like, oh. <laughs> so, but we they moved. Could have just all, wrote you a ticket, is what he was saying. Yeah, that's he's yeah. like, yeah, we would have just given you like a hundred fifty dollar ticket and said go home. Yeah. I'm like, awesome. <laughs> and then uh, I, I just I remember. So they moved us all from this party to the drunk tank. So, mm-hmm. but we'd all scattered. So I was going home all by myself. I got back. So they picked me up, take me to the drunk tank. I get there and it's, I'm like, holy shit, it's all my friends. This is awesome. <laughs> so we just started, we just kept the party going. Party in the cell. And then my buddy ended up busting the piping and it flooded the floor. Oh, no. And it, yeah, which was fun for about the first couple hours. Yeah. Then it wasn't fun. Because then you're sitting in water. Yeah, you're laying in water. Yeah. And oh, yeah, no. They took everything out. And it was just, you had the floor and a toilet. Yeah. And uh, it was terrible. But I remember walking home the next morning. And uh, I'd actually just started dating the person that's my wife now. And I just remember thinking, like, I was walking home. And I had a really bad interaction with the cops when I left the drunk tank. And I was just thinking, like, man, is this really where I want to be. Mm-hmm. And I don't even know why I started thinking that. I was just thinking, like, cause I had a, you know, 15 minute walk to get back to my truck. And I was yeah. like, Fuck, do I really want to be, do I don't do Do I really want to do this anymore? Mm-hmm. Um, 
and I just started thinking about my brother and he was living in Calgary at the time and he was just drinking and partying every day, every weekend. And I was like, yeah, I just don't know if that's the life I want to. And I, I remember making the decision then that, that this had to stop. Yeah. Like I just, I didn't want to end up like my grandfather, like yeah. my brother's ending up. And I just, I don't know why I had that moment of clarity. But, Good for you, man. Well, I'm thankful. Yeah, me but, too. <laughs> and the funny thing is within a month of that incident, I probably, I stopped, con- like most of my friends stopped having anything to do with me because mm-hmm. I wasn't partying every weekend now. Yeah. Um, and so from that whole crowd, we were like the cool guys mm-hmm. in school. Out of that whole crowd, I think I only stayed in touch really with one. Yeah. Out of it all. And... uh but it was just, I don't know, it was just that moment where I was like, fuck, I can't, I can't yeah. do this anymore. I've done this shit. It's not even fun anymore. Yeah. And so I just, that's it. I'm done. You sound like my little brother. <clears throat> my little brother did. Yeah. Yeah. And like just somehow was able to say that. Well, I think, I think for me, if I didn't have my older brother to see go, like that he's still doing that. Yeah. And like, I just, I didn't see how that could be fun anymore. Yeah. Cause this, as fun as it was to get thrown in the drunk tank and the party, it just, it wasn't fun anymore. And I was starting to have more and more nights where I didn't, I didn't even remember mm-hmm. half the night. They ever just blackout. Um, you know, and so it was starting to get almost scary where like mm-hmm. people were like, Hey, you remember doing this last? No, I don't. No idea. Or I'd wake up in, in a house in Red Deer yeah. going, Oh, I don't even remember when did we leave? <laughs> like no idea how I got there, how I'm going to get home. Like yeah. it was, so just, I don't know. just, it just, but so I kind of put all that behind me mm-hmm. and I was like, wow, yeah, no, I, that's all in my past. Yeah. I don't need to worry about it. Yeah. And then when I got doing, when we started doing this podcast, it was like, huh. And I can still, I can, I'm starting to see now how that still affects my, not necessarily the drinking, but the, the being like seeing my family have yeah. issues with alcohol and, and seeing how it's still affecting me. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I thought it wasn't. Yeah. Well, and it's, I, it's not in the terms of you drinking, but yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's not like, I don't have a lot of contact with my extended family and oh, okay. so it's not like they're deeply part of my life, Yeah, but it's still, you know, my grandma's got dementia now, so she doesn't, even, doesn't really even remember who I am. Oh, I can't sorry, really, man, that's hard. Yeah. And I can't really talk to a lot of my aunts because, um, m- most of them are still into drinking mm. and, and stuff like that, even in their 50s and 60s. And, yeah. And so it's just like, I don't know, I just kind of feel like I'm losing a part of that, a part of me. Yeah. Like that whole family is just slipping away, and, mm-hmm. and now it's just going to be a piece of my genealogy. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so it's it's kind of weird. I didn't think it was affecting me as much as it was. Yeah. And I th- that's what I've started to realize here is like, wow, that's... Mm-hmm. And it's powerful listening to some of these stories and just yeah. realizing that, you know, it's... I wish my family could have got help, like all mm-hmm. these people in my family. Um, my Aunt Linda, I mean, she had a horrible life. And, you know, she died never mm-hmm. having gotten any help and stuff yeah. like that and being kind of shunned from the family because as much as all they have problems, she had worse problems. So it was like, oh, she's the black mm-hmm. sheep. Like, <laughs> seriously. It's strange how that works. Though, it eh? is. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like a, they, they make like an unwritten rule and they, yeah. uh, the pack simply changes direction. Absolutely. Right? To yeah. try to keep the focus off of them. Yeah. So, yeah. There's always yeah. somebody worse off, oh, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, like even right now, um, I have a, an uncle. I get, well, my, my grandma's brother, and he's, God, he's got to be late 80s. Mm-hmm. Whiskey bottle every day. Yeah. 
Like uh, you just you don't function without it. You're not a man if you don't do it. Like, wow. <laughs> and he's a great guy. He's funny as hell. But I've never sure seen him sober. Yeah. And I've you know he's always like he's into the whiskey every morning. Yeah. Well, you know? maybe he's one of those guys though. <laughs> it doesn't know. turn him into an a hole. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know either, man. I mean, yeah, like he's. <laughs> I, I don't. I mean, maybe. I'm only seeing a portion of him. Mm-hmm. I've heard he got quite rambunctious when it came to being in bars and stuff. But, yeah. uh, but those are just stories that I don't know, right? Well, and now he's 80. Yeah. So yeah, he's pretty... Chances are he's not throwing tables around no. him. <laughs> no, he's just kind of sitting alone. I say alone. chances are, but I do know yeah. some guys that are pushing 80 that could probably still toss a table. Especially with a bit of booze in him. Oh, yeah. Not but, even a lot. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so I think that's been... Um, you know, I just, I, I'm, I'm grateful every, every weekend mm-hmm. when I do this. Cool, man. It's just so, it's so interesting to try to see, like, there's people that really bear their souls here. Yeah. And it's like, man, like, first of all, I can't share like that, that openly. But so that, I have a lot of respect for people in recovery, being able to share in groups and stuff. Like, man, I I couldn't do it sober. Yeah. Go into a group and be like, okay, well, tell us about yourself. Like, this is about as personal as I ever could get. Yeah. It's all right. (laughs) I'm working really hard. (laughs) Because I just, I'm not like that. And yeah. So I have a lot of respect for everybody that's been here. And I just, uh, I think it's great. The, it's like, there's that negativity of the, of the addiction. Mm-hmm. But then everybody's so positive about life after. Yeah. And that's what I see in you. And I've seen in, in all your guests is like, life is better now. Yeah. And, and it's not just better. It's like every opportunity you're taking it. Yeah. Every chance you're taking it. Yeah. You know, and, and I really think that's a great way to live life. I, I do too. And I wasn't always like that either, right? Yeah. And it, I'm still not always like that. But yeah. more often than not now, we can we can actually make those decisions knowing that it's not going to be the end of the world yeah. if we fail. Yeah. Right? Like one of the biggest things that <clears throat> is consistent, and actually it wasn't me that came up with it. It was the guy who was supposed to be the guest tonight. <laughs> so I'm channeling him. Um, <laughs> but he's like my, my closest friend. Right. Yep. And we've been friends for a long, long time. We used to work together, but he came and he gave me my card one year. Um, I can't remember what year it was. I want to say it was nine, my ninth mm-hmm. birthday. He came and gave me my card yeah. and because he's a normie. So he's like yourself. He doesn't have an issue with like drugs or alcohol. Yep. We all got shit going on. So yeah, yeah. I'm not trying to say that he's perfect. Cause that's no, not for sure. That's not true. Um, pretty close to it. Like in some <laughs> respects, but like he, he, um, he got up and he just said, he said, this, I have a very limited understanding of addiction, he said. And yeah. he goes, the only thing I, I've sensed from my friend, Dave, is that he likes to avoid pain and he yeah. loves to seek pleasure. Yeah. And I was like, that is one of the most profound things someone's <laughs> probably ever said about me, right? Like, wow. Because he knew. He watched me for, oh God, I can't even remember how long before that day when he gave me that card. He watched how life just like, um, everything I touched was just a nightmare. <laughs> like wow. it was, you know, um, but he's the guy who was there for me when, uh, when I came out, mm-hmm. he was, the, he was the first person I told before I told my folks. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I, I'm, cause I knew if he was okay with it, yeah. I didn't care who else wasn't. Wow. I was like, this is my guy. Like, wow. this is my guy. And I know it's my guy. Kind of like a cat yeah. picks a human. Yeah, yeah. I picked him as my guy. <laughs> <laughs> to this day, he resents it. the shit out of it. Um, but he said that, right? And, yeah. and I think if, if we could look at it like that, it's basically just a human instinct yeah. to avoid pain. 
Absolutely. But, right. But yeah, what yeah. addicts and alcoholics do is we take it further. Yeah. We take it further than that moment. Right. Yeah, We're yeah. like, no, I don't ever want to feel pain. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm never going to come down. I'm never going to stop right. drinking like your, like your grandpa. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Grandpa. Um, it's kind of like, I wouldn't even be surprised if his doctor said, if you quit, you're probably going to die. Oh, I, I imagine at one point he got there. Yeah. Right. Like, and God bless him, man. Like yeah. it's, uh, it's not the life for me and it's not, no. the, but honestly, dude, there's more than one way to live this thing. This for sure. Life, right. So, yeah, yeah. but I, I can appreciate the, um, this is a family illness, right? And yeah, yeah. oftentimes people forget that. Mm-hmm. because the family doesn't want to take any responsibility for the addict. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, absolutely. So oftentimes, and, and that's not true for everybody, of course. Oh no, there's always but, exceptions, right? But yeah. There are, there always is. And then sometimes it just simply takes a matter of what you're going through, man. Yeah. Like listening to these stories, the reason that we can just be open like that is because we, at one point in time, some of us came to the, the conclusion that if we weren't open, we were going to die. Right. Like if I start bottling up emotions and what's going yeah, yeah. on, I am in a bad space. Wow. Right. And, and I'm not alone there. Yeah. Like I'm not the worst of the worst. Right. Like I'm For not sure. the best yeah, of the best. There's always somebody who's got it worse. There's, or... I'm in probably the middle rung of everything. Yeah, yeah. Right. Like, um, and that's okay. Yeah. yeah. I <laughs> like it in the middle because <laughs> I'm less apt to get eaten by a poacher yeah, yeah. in the middle. Yeah, right. Yeah. And, um, I don't know. It's just, it's incredible because what I wanted to tell you this and I, I was going to tell you before and then I wanted to wait. But of course, you know how my brain works. I'm like, <laughs> what was I going to say? Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, I did, I did it again. <laughs> it's like this, it's like I have this nasty <laughs> habit, but uh, no, I received a, a few messages actually over the last few weeks from different people about the podcast, right? Yep. Who have started to listen. And um, I got to tell you, man, what, what you're doing here, like is you are allowing these messages to get to people who wouldn't hear them. Yeah. But that need to hear them. Yeah. Right. Cause one of the people that sent me a message was like, um, it was a, I can't remember which guest they were talking. Oh, uh, Christine. Okay. Uh, with sea shepherd. Right. Yeah, yeah. We were talking about, because they were blown away that there's nice. like people who actually do this shit. Yeah. Yeah. It was just like I was when she told me, I'm like, what do you mean you're yeah. actually going to be an echo terrorist? <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Like, absolutely. Um, but then this person was like, I, I'm going to stop not doing it. Yeah. Cause you were, you were talking, you mentioned it about the opportunities, right? Absolutely. What we're, what we try to do or what I try to do, I'm not going to speak for other people is I definitely try to jump on those yes. opportunities, especially if it means people might get some help. Yeah. Right. Cause yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, and I think that's a great thing about this. Cause I, I know, I mean, there's a million podcasts out there, mm-hmm. but I just think um, this is the best one. Honest, I, I, when, even when I was researching it, when you, we were talking about mm-hmm. it before we started, um, there's some recovery ones out there, but I, they're not yeah. like this. No. They're more talking to doctors about, yeah. you know, treatment t- uh, programs mm-hmm. and things like that. And this is people's stories. Yeah. And I think that's where people connect on yeah. podcasts and stuff like that. Like I don't, so every once in a while, if I really want to get educated, mm-hmm. I'll listen to something with a doctor and, oh, well, that's very interesting. Mm-hmm. But it's it's always the personal stories, yeah. And I think that's where this just does a great job. Oh. Um, the people can share as much or as little as they want. Yeah. But I think I, what I've noticed too is very interesting is that all of the guests. Everybody's nervous when they get here. Yeah. They're all kind of not sure what they're going to talk about. And even to start, it's like well, I don't know what do I want to talk about. <laughs> yeah. 
three or four minutes into talking and it just mm. starts rolling. Yeah. And, and like many times where it's like, holy, that's been an hour. Really? Yeah. Um, but it's, it's always like every episode's like that. Yeah. You like, know? Well, how long was that one night when we did the two back to backs? We were here till like after 10. Oh yeah. Cause I mean, yeah. both, didn't both of them go over an hour and a half? I think so. Yeah. 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 And, and even the very first episode was like an hour and a half. Yeah, that's right. Um, but <laughs> yeah, it's just, but it, it, the time just flies, yeah. you know? And, uh, so it's been really fun. And one of the things like, I started up my own podcast just before, um, like, um, I guess my second podcast just before this started up. Yeah. And uh, it's called, it called Living Undefined. Okay. Just to plug that. Good. And it's on iTunes and Google Play and all that good stuff. <laughs> if anybody's interested. Dude, I'm so glad you plugged it, man. <laughs> but you got me when I was drinking water with all the plugs. <laughs> and just for anybody who, I do have a Patreon page where I'm trying to raise money for Wounded Warriors right now. Good. Um, so if you go to my Patreon page, um, you'll find that. Anyways. And his Patreon page is, is it uh, Darcy L- Robinson? It's or? Living Undefined. Living Undefined. Yeah. Okay. Um, so anyways, uh, I started that podcast kind of because I I went out to the West Coast uh, early spring of 20, this year, 2018, so May. And on the way back, I was listening to a podcast and I was listening to this guest and just the, like the things, it, it, it's, it sounds really stupid, but it was Cameron Haynes and Joe Rogan. Oh, okay. And Cameron, they, they just came back from hunting in Hawaii, which is like, whatever. I'm, I'm, A, I'm not even a hunter. Mm-hmm. I, I'd like to, but I'm not. Don't have my gun license. So it's yeah. like, oh, I don't even know why I'm listening to this, but I, it's a long trip back from Vancouver to yeah. Calgary. So but he was talking about uh, running and stuff like that and how he started off. And it just, I don't know, it just clicked with me. And I thought, man, we're all stuck in our like little mm-hmm. bubble of like routine. Uh-huh. And so I just started realizing how much of my life was just routine. Like you get up, you go to work, you come back, you do this, you do that, you do this. And by the time you're like, well, where did the week go? I don't know, but I'm standing here doing laundry, getting ready mm-hmm. for the next week to do the yeah. same thing. And when I come here, I hear people talk about these opportunities like the Sea Shepherd thing. Mm-hmm. And um, last week, I think, was it last week? with uh, The improv? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, with Rob. Oh, man, that was fascinating. And then he said, uh, he was saying how the improv classes helped him be a better public speaker. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, shit, I got to try that. Mm-hmm. So now I'm like, oh, I got to look in. I'm going to look into taking yeah. an improv class. Cause cool. I, I don't know if I ever want to be an improv person, but yeah. I thought, well, if it makes me more comfortable in big crowds mm-hmm. or even just whatever, if it's just fun, Dude. I mean, why not? Why not? But it's, so it's things like that where I think I get a lot of that here where mm. it kind of reinforces that idea to stay out of that, that routine yeah, and find ways to break out of that mm-hmm. routine. And when somebody says, yeah, I did this, you're like, hmm, okay, there's an opportunity. That's right. And that's what I see everybody here do. Yeah. You know, like the Sea Shepherd thing. Like, I think that'd be phenomenal. Even Wouldn't to it? just try for a summer. Just go be on a boat and like, yeah. you know, throw. I, I can't even <laughs> tell you the secret squirrel stuff she had to go through to get down to where she was going. Oh, like, I imagine. Was, eh? I was like, I'm not even paying attention. It's like spy <laughs> stuff, right? It's like, I got to go here and then I got to hike for 10 miles and then I got to <laughs> get picked up by a pterodactyl and then the pterodactyl takes me to the... Yeah, because I imagine if or, they know they're coming, they're not getting across the board. Well, that's exactly right, hey? Yeah. So, I mean, and I don't know what they all do, so I'm not going to give away any secrets because I don't know yeah, <laughs> what yeah. they are. So, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, you're right, man. Like the opportunities. Absolutely. And yeah. I think that's one of the things that I've, I've loved about listening is that you can see how everybody's so filled mm. up with life. Like yeah. it's, 
yeah, it's going to suck at times still. Oh, yeah. You're going to fail. You're going to still have down yeah. days and shit like that. But overall, it's like this this zest for life. Yeah. And I I guess from hearing you guys talk, I've kind of come to understand why mm. you guys are at that point. Um, but it, it's just, it's fascinating to me to see how mm. you can come from something which should be so dark and terrible. And, and it really and is when you're it, in it. Yeah. yeah. And But the outside of that, like the... Mm. Coming out the back end of that, you're like, wow, like yeah. you're, you're phenomenal people. Dude. Do you realize how phenomenal you are? No. <laughs> but that's I feel like yeah. saying that to every one of your guests, like, man, you're well, inspirational. Nice. Yeah, they are though. They are. Yeah. Because now they're living these lives they've they've gone through something I can't even imagine battling. Yeah. You like yourself. And I, I I've never had to go through a battle like that. Yeah. And, but now you're living these lives where like, no, I'm doing what I love and I'm loving everything that I do and, um, I can express myself and be open Mm -hmm. and it's all good. Yeah. And that's, I have so much respect for that. Well, you, you've been, you've been here from the first episode, so you've been able to see kind of all sorts of different like moods too, right? Totally. And different, like, uh, I, I don't know what it's like for you. Like, what was it like for you with, uh, with Pam's? Oh, that was so awesome. I left here after Pam's man and I had like the week from hell. Really? Because it was such a good podcast. Yeah. Like yeah. it it challenged me to be vulnerable. Yeah. And so I, I felt the I felt the impact all week. Absolutely. And I'm I'm so grateful for that, man. Yeah. For you creating that space for us because wow. we were just having a conversation. <laughs> right? It's pretty sweet. Well, and honestly, I feel like I just show up with some mics. Like I I don't even do anything. Something about like... the mics though, bro, and and your like presence here <laughs> is like it like cuz you mentioned it, people yeah. come in, they're nervous, yeah. right? Especially if they've never done anything like this Absolutely, where yeah. there's a microphone maybe. Yeah, yeah. Um but dude, within like you said, 3 or 4 minutes, it's just oh, yeah. a matter of blah blah blah. Now you can't get us to shut up, dude. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that Pam Rocker one was awesome. Wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Blew like, my mind, man. I, I, My wife knew her a little bit, and I didn't know much about her. Yeah, what'd you think of it? Oh, it was fantastic. Yeah. Like, I just, I, I walked away as a man. I got to do more with my life. Mm. Like, like, it's just like, <laughs> but she's so funny and, mm-hmm. and entertaining and, and just, like, captivating. Mm-hmm. I mean, when she's telling you a story, you're, like, you're riveted. Oh, totally. You cannot move. Yeah. You know, and, and that's why right when we were done... Um, nobody else knows this, but I asked her, I'm like, do you do a podcast? Cause I was like, if you don't, I heard her, she we're does. going to start doing one. Yeah. yeah, she does one. And I'm like, Oh, I got to start listening to that. Yeah. Cause yeah. And it's people like that. And I find, I've actually found a lot of your guests are like that where mm. I'm like, Oh, that they have a lot to say. Mm-hmm. They, like the sea shepherd thing. Yeah. I mean, you could do a podcast just on that stuff. Oh my goodness. We could, yeah, know? we'd be a long one too. Yeah. Like environmentalism in general, yeah. but I mean, just the experiences of being on the ships yeah. and actually being front lines on a lot yeah. of that stuff and you know there's probably going to be a lot of people that hate you for it but there's also yeah. going to be people Terrorist. that love it yeah right? there's people and, that are going to call you a terrorist yeah, yeah. so like and uh, that's the one thing when i got into podcasting i started doing an indigenous focused podcast to begin with um which is still going mm-hmm. um, what's that one called it's called the jig is up and nice. it's metis focused okay um and we're coming up to our 90th episode at really? the end of this year. Yeah. Congrats, man. <clears throat> yeah, we actually just uh, in it's a good stretch in November was our f- our biggest month. We we've got over a thousand downloads nice. in one month, um, and I think 150 in one day. Nice. Which for our little show is amazing because there's only like 600,000 to 700,000 Métis in the world. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, well, that's pretty good. You got like a good. Yeah. Sixth of the population. <laughs> it's a it's a very niche market. <laughs> yeah. 
But um, it's a lot of fun to do. We do it weekly. And but when I when I started that, like I, I started with my phone, mm-hmm. and I bought a little stand so I could put my phone on the table and me and my buddy could talk. Yeah. And I didn't realize how much fun it would be. Yeah. But ne- once I started, I started realizing everybody's got a story. Yeah. Like. I know there's a million podcasts out there, but there could be a million more and there still wouldn't be enough in my mind because there's so many, not everybody's going to connect with every podcast. Totally not. But there's, there's somebody that wants to hear your story. I bet you there's somebody that's connected with each of ours. Absolutely. I bet you. Yeah. At least one person, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's with yours, like this, some of the stories are so different. Mm -hmm. Like you think, okay, addiction recovery. Oh, they were addicted. Now they're recovering. But the, the actual stories and you know, you've had the um, the one lady on who was talking about how it was her kids that were. Yeah. Um, and, you know, just like the different aspects of that and yeah. how it affects different people in the family and all mm-hmm. that stuff. That's all stuff that is there. And I think somebody might not connect with this guest, yeah. but they will with that story. Yeah. And I think that's the really cool thing about what you're doing is it's every aspect of addiction and recovery and... Mm-hmm. And it, you're going to connect with something because it's yeah. touched everybody's life. I think so. I think it is. Yeah. Like, it's definitely touched mine too. Right? <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. And like, I don't know anybody that doesn't know somebody who's in recovery mm-hmm. or know somebody who should be. Yeah. Or they themselves are. <laughs> yeah. Or they you are. Know? Yeah. Um, I mean, I have, I don't know, probably have five people that I know now that mm-hmm. are, you know, how many years sober. Yeah. And I just like, wow, that's an amazing battle to win. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah. But I just. Sometimes it's crazy. Well, yeah. But, and you know, I, I didn't, I think it's one of those things when you don't know anything about it, it's almost like, um, like mental illness mm-hmm. where you're like, oh, well, you know, if you break your arm, you go to the doctor, they put a cast on it, it gets fixed, you're good to go. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a, a lot of people think that when it's like mental illness yeah. or addictions or like, I really honestly thought 10 years ago, I would have thought, okay, so you go get help and you, you're, then you're over it. Yeah. And then five years later, I mean, you've been sober that long, but hey, you're back to life and it's all good. Mm -hmm. You never have to think about it again. Yeah. And honestly, that's what I thought. And then... I wish you were right. (laughs) I'm not going to lie to you. That would be the easy way. (laughs) I wish you were right. But that's the cool part though that I... Not the cool part, but that's the very interesting part about all your guests and people that I've I've come to know that are in recovery is there's like that sometimes daily battle still. Mm -hmm. You know, I have one friend who's, I think he's 20 years, 16 years, something like that. Right on. And... It's daily battle. Yeah. Not, not, well, I guess not every day, but I, at least a couple times a week. But I understand that. I understand the term, right? Yeah. The phrase daily battle is exactly what we're faced with. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't realize that mm-hmm. when, even though, even before I started this. And, and so, like, to me, that's like so, I got so much respect for people that can mm-hmm. do that and, and stick with it. Like, mm-hmm. you're amazing. Oh, dude. And, and the people you've had on, because that's because of those people, though. Yeah. Right. Like the only, from my perspective, the only reason I'm sitting here like doing this with you yeah. and we're together is because of those people or wow. people like them. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That, that were there when I came and needed help mm-hmm. and then they gave me help. Yeah. People just like them with stories just like theirs. Right. Yeah. And, and so the least we can do, the least we can do, and this is what I always say, the least I can do is try to be useful yeah. in some way. Right. Like yeah. to others, because I can't repay what's been given to me. For sure. Right. Like I just yeah. can't. Yeah. But that's, and again, I think that's one of the really um, amazing things about, about people in recovery is that there's that always that support network, mm-hmm. you know, like, um, 
you know, you had a couple of guests on from police service yep. and they talked about not having that support network and yeah. now they do. And what a difference that makes. Mm-hmm. And just, and I, I, I kind of, I think about that in our, in just general life for everybody mm-hmm. and everybody's got problems. You know, some people eat their emotions. Some people mm-hmm. do other things. Well, if you had that kind of support network mm-hmm. for other issues that people have, even if they're not maybe necessarily deemed as serious, yep. I think, wow, what an amazing life people would live. Yeah. Because that, again, that's the one thing I, I keep going back to is like everybody that's on here is is positive and upbeat mm-hmm. and looking for ways to make life better every yeah. day. And I think, man, if everybody else had that kind of support and that kind of energy mm-hmm. around them, holy shit. You mentioned phenomenal. the key there though. You're right. It would be phenomenal. The key is having that fellowship support right yeah where where it's people who you who you know and you really respect or whatever yeah and you see them doing really cool shit and you're like <laughs> i should probably do something cool like at some point <laughs> in my life <laughs> or at least make an effort right yeah. because when you when you associate with other people who are just hard workers every day and that yeah. what they want is legitimately and that's the majority of the people that i encounter For they sure. legitimately want to get better they might not know how today, but yeah. they legit want it. Right. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and those that stick it out and stick through it, they, they know what the benefits are for sure. The hard part is trying to tell someone who hasn't got the benefit yet that they're going to get a benefit. Yeah. Yeah. Because we can't, I can't tell someone you're going to be exactly like this in six months. Exactly. Right. There's I'll, no time frame. There's no time frame, And I don't know how deep the trauma is in that person yeah. who's coming to me. That right. trauma could be like childhood. And am I really going to be like, oh yeah, in six months you're going to be right as rain, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That's just not reasonable, Yeah, you know, but to be able to somehow express how even though it gets worse, sober, it gets better again. But when it gets better, it gets legit better. Right. Right? It's not a momentary better. Yeah, yeah. Which is what the booze and the drugs did for me was that momentary better. Yeah. When life was just getting worse. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like overall, overall life is in the toilet, Yeah, but in that mm-hmm. moment, oh, sweet relief. Right. Like in that yeah. moment. So before you went into recovery, mm-hmm. like, was there kind of like, you know, two years before you did, did you know, like, this is not a good path, but you just, you, you couldn't get out of it for yeah. whatever reason at that moment in time. Like, but like, did you know that I knew this, 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 I shouldn't be doing this. Yeah. I knew two years, about two years ahead of time. Really? Yeah. About almost, almost exactly two years, but not, I say that, but I have no idea, man. Yeah. Like I I didn't have a calendar back then. Yeah. I wasn't with a phone. I had no idea, but it was a, it was a fair while. It was a fair chunk of time where, where the actual progression of the illness became much more prevalent. Right. Like, so for example, it was about, about two years before I sobered up, maybe a year and a half. Um, yeah, and that would have been about the start. I was, I was engaged mm. to a woman who had a, a daughter. So yeah. what I used to think was I could get hooked up with a woman with a kid and then I'd be all better. Oh, okay. I tried it twice. Wow. So, and I, I smile when I say that it's not a proud smile. It's a, I'm really fucking ashamed smile wow. that I tried to utilize a single mother as yeah, yeah. my savior. Yeah, yeah. So just, and that, hopefully that gives you an idea as to how sick things get, yeah. right? Is because I'm not that person. Mm-hmm. I don't use other humans for my betterment. Yeah. But I was. For sure. And I was doing it all the time. Yeah. Right? To the point where I couldn't even tell I was doing it anymore. 
Wow. And I'm not suggesting again, like I'm not suggesting I'm the worst because I, sure. I haven't spent any time in the pen, mm-hmm. right? My, my, anything I had in terms of criminal was a, a conditional sentence and that's the worst I ever got. Right. Wow. See, you did better than I did. And I spent the night in the drunk tank. <laughs> well, I had a two-year conditional sentence. Oh, but, okay. But that's because there were several charges that didn't include drunk in public. <laughs> but I still never saw the inside of the pen, right? Yeah, and, yeah. Um, so obviously my story is not the worst. For but, sure. But what happened, part of, the, part of the reason that I started thinking about this podcast was because I, I knew my story is not the worst. Mm-hmm. I know it's not the worst. I know I am not the most hard done by person. Yeah. Actually, last week with Rob, when I don't know if you remember when he said it that he's like a thirty-two-year-old oh, yeah. white male yeah, that's in North kind of America. Stuck with me for sure. Yeah, it stuck with me too all week, right? Yeah. But as I'm saying this, I'm 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 trying to be conscious by putting it in there and mm-hmm. saying I do not have it the worst. No, and I never did. No. Even though as a child I was sexually abused yeah. repeatedly for a long time. Right? Yeah, yeah. Still not the worst because yeah. what did I have around me? A loving family. Yeah. Right. That protected me. Now, I wasn't safe outside of the home, but I sure was at home. Wow. And so what I've come in contact with now through the years are a lot of people who never had any of that. Right. They went through the same shit I did, but they didn't have a soft place to land. Yeah. They didn't have loving parents. They didn't have siblings. Wow. They didn't have that. You know, and even though I had that, I still ran away three times by the time I was like nine or 10. Yeah. Right. Um, So even though I had that safe place, I still took off. I can't even imagine what I would have done if my family was the shits too. Yeah. Right. Cause I think that's a recipe for, for the pen. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And honestly, I, I am, I'm amazed and, and, and inspired by people who, mm. who survived through that. Yeah. And, and then now are like, no, life is great. And yeah. I'm doing this and look at all the positive things. But like, mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, that's some serious healing. Um, yeah. Cause mm. You know, even, even though my, you know, my parents shielded me, I guess, from the drinking and the alcohol and the, that side of, of my, my mom's family, uh, more than anything mm-hmm. there, you know, there was a lot of, there was no physical abuse, but there was a lot of like, uh, oh, why did you, you know, that was stupid. Why did you do mm-hmm. that? What was, what's wrong with you? Yeah. And, you know, it, which isn't it, when I compare it to other people's trauma, mm-hmm. like I got no problems. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but still, when you were a kid. But it's, yeah, like it took me a long time to get out of the mentality that there's something wrong with me all the mm-hmm. time and everything I did was stupid and, yeah. you know, nothing I can, even though like, you know, I was the superstar hockey player. Mm-hmm. I could score seven goals in a game and mm-hmm. it'd be like, well, you almost, you missed on that eighth, oh, you know, man. you know, yeah. that kind of shit. Oh, yeah. And it was like. So there came a point where I think the drinking for me was like, mm-hmm. well, now I'm living up to what you expected, right? Yeah. And it really was because when I, I remember when I was, yeah, I was probably 18, I graduated and my mom, you know, she was on me about what I was going to do for the rest of my life and all this. And, and for those that have been around in Alberta for a while, there was a company called Frackmaster mm. and they were, uh, they did fracking. And stuff. So anyway, in the I was going to ask if they had cheeseburgers. No, <laughs> I, yeah, I wish. But her big goal for me at that point, because I was so such a loser in life, was to just go go be a driver for them, mm. like go drive a big truck. That's all you're ever going to amount to yeah. in life. You know, that was, and I'm like, and even then, I was like, really? That, that can be debilitating. You're, you're my mom, yeah. And my your big dream for me is to be a truck driver. Mm. Not that there's anything wrong with truck drivers, of course not. But like, I'm like, I'm 18, and you're not in like. 
no university, no like don't don't go experience life. Just just go get a job and just do that because that's mm-hmm. all you have to be good at. Yeah. And so I think for me, the drinking was just a way to live up to the, her mm-hmm. expectations of like, oh, you suck anyway. Yeah. So, but having said that, I still like my life was mm-hmm. like so I was when I compare it even to my wife's childhood. I'm like, well, I was spoiled, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like. And so, yeah, I, I get that where you're not, your story's not the worst, but at the same mm-hmm. time, it's still your story. It's still a story, you right? Know? Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I, I think I honestly, I think I was that one decision away from mm-hmm. sitting here talking about being in recovery yeah. or, or not. Yeah. And um, I've That's often wondered eh? that why. one decision, eh? Yeah. And yeah. I, I've often wondered why I, mm-hmm. that even happened. Yeah. I mean, it was a drunk tank. It wasn't like a big deal. Yeah. All my friends were there. You know, like it wasn't, they all went <laughs> drinking that night. Yeah. Like, but I was just like, I'm, I'm done. Yeah. You know, I think honestly, if I, if I didn't have the dad that I had, mm-hmm. I, I probably wouldn't have yeah. been where I'm at now. Yeah. Just because he, he was the kind of guy that I could talk to about everything. Yeah. And so when I came out of there and I had, I was thinking like, I, this is, I got to change this. Yeah. Um, you know, I went home and, you know, we always did our talking in the shop. We'd always work on his truck or mm. do some, something in the shop that, and that's when we talked. Yeah. Right. And I, I, you know, I, I remember talking to him about it and he just was like, he never judged mm-hmm. anything that was going on in my life, but he just said, well, you, you know, like I said, I don't want to end up like grandpa or I don't yeah. want to end up like this person. Yeah. He said, well, then I think that's, you've just made your decision. Like, yeah. you know don't end up like them. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, but it's, I think there's a fine line. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's so easy. It would have been so easy. It's like, it's like drinking Coca-Cola. Once yeah. you start doing it, it's super easy to keep it going. Yeah. And cutting it out is nearly impossible. Totally. You know, then your so. brain starts telling you, you need it. Yeah. Right. You don't want to go without that. Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. just sounds ridiculous. Doesn't but it? Yeah. Just oh, imagine, imagine that's crack. Yeah. And that's what the brain's telling them, right? The right? brain's saying, you can't go a day without that. Yeah. You can't go a few hours Well, and then if you that. do, like, how bad do you feel? So oh, then yeah. you're like, oh, it's right. I can't, yeah. this is, yeah. Guaranteed, man. So, no, I have, uh, I've been, every Saturday I go home and I'm like, man, this, that was just mind-blowing every Saturday. Cool. So I, I really appreciate being part of this show and. I mean, it's, I love podcasting, but I, I love the content yeah. of the show. Right on. E- even more so, like I go back to my show, I'm like, oh, <laughs> I don't have much to talk about that's really all that good now. Oh, I don't know about that. There's like so much more to life. <laughs> well, it is, but I'm like, oh, I, I, I want to be as inspirational as those people. <laughs> every, I think everything we do is inspirational to somebody. Yeah. If we're like putting our heart in it, right? Like, and I think so. Yeah. So I, I think, you know, that's probably also what you're feeling is that when you're doing this, you're, you're open hearted, right? Yeah. So you're doing this cause you want to. Yeah. Oh you yeah. You have no other reasons to do it except for you want to, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's pretty amazing. Yeah. It's so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I love it. I, I'm looking forward to future guests. Yeah. You me know, too, like man. I'm, you know, we're booked all the way through May. Hey. Wow. Like the first two weeks of May. <laughs> yeah. Holy cow. I know. I'm going to have to start getting you my travel schedule for yeah, next you year. Are. So you are. Cause I, I, I'm, I'm cut, I'm stopping right now at like the first two weekends in May. Yeah. Just so that you and I can have a chance like in the new year to take a look at things and be like, for sure. Seriously, dude. Like, cause I have you booked every Saturday until like May 
14 or something like that. (laughs) So you, yeah, if you like, obviously you could just tell me and we'll just change it, but it's not a big deal. Um, when you mentioned that you leave here jacked, me too. Yeah. Me too. And I'm not jacked because obviously, like you said, sometimes it's hard stuff. Oh, for sure. But even after Pam's where I was like pretty much emotionally bottomed out because I had never said my coming out story. Yeah. Yeah. Not openly. Yeah. I've mentioned that I'm bisexual openly, but I've never talked about the story. Wow. What happens when you talk about that story is some of those feelings come back. Right. Right. Where that desperate, where I'm going to take my life tonight because I can't tell anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and then when you walk out of here, when I walked out of here with that in my, in my being again, I was like, Oh yeah, this is heavy, man. Like I, there's no wonder I did not tell this story very much. (laughs) Damn it. Push it back down. Yeah. I think I might've told it to my therapist a couple of times. Right. But that was it. Like er everything else was pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. I'm bisexual. I went through coming up, blah, blah, blah. And then it's just quick, you know, trying to avoid the pain of it. Like that anguish that, I think was, well, I needed to be reminded of that. Yeah. I did. Cause so I, how do you feel now having, it's been a few days, yeah. well, it's been a week now, I guess. Um, do you good. still kind of feel like it's heavy or does it kind of feel like, Hey, that was a little freeing. It, it was very freeing really? and, yeah. and still feels a little heavy. Yeah. But I think what feels a little heavy this week is just the fact that, um, the week didn't stop just because I was unable to feel better. Yeah, yeah. Right. So it was yeah. kind of. I still had to work and then everything yeah. just built up again by, you know, by today. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> really. for sure. Cause honestly by Saturday, like my Fridays and Saturdays for the last probably two months yep. have just been like animalistic. Like, wow. yeah, like pretty much I could work two days a week and I'd have my 80 hours probably. Oh, wow. somehow, right. Somehow yeah, there yeah. are 80 hours in that 48 hour period <laughs> that I'm jamming it in. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think you should get double time though. Kind of like remand. Oh, when for they sure. send you to remit, do they give you triple time up there now? I think probably triple. Yeah, yeah, double or triple time. I should probably get that Friday, Saturday, <laughs> right? Like, um, it would be nice. Yeah, it would be nice to you. But I mean, I'm, I when I leave, I'm jacked because I know that this at this stage of my life, I understand that the pain I'm feeling is going to be for the good. Yeah. Right. So it's kind of like I sat in that pain the week after Pam and I talked. Um, I want to make sure you guys understand. I'm not blaming Pam. Oh like, no! I I think Pam's amazing. Well, and she you she got you to talk. About she something she was a hundred percent capable of just be giving me that safe space, yeah. and I I have nothing but like respect for that lady for like, sure. That, I mean, um, yeah, amazing. Oh, I mean, she was great. amazing human being. Um, but I was so jacked, man, because I know pain is growth, right? Mm. So I know it sounds weird, like I'm a sadist kind of, yeah, yeah. But I almost become a little bit like a sadist, where yeah. I'm like okay, this fucking hurts. This really hurts. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's going to be good. <laughs> and now- It's so, like the more it hurts, the better it's going to be. It, I mean, if you're digging into it and you're not yeah, trying yeah. to avoid it, it can really be like a catalyst, right? Yeah. And so it always, can, it confuses some of my, the people I work with when they're telling me about their, and I'm like, oh, that's so good. Yeah. And they're like, fuck you, what Dave. What is wrong with you? Yeah, yeah, how is that good? I'm in yeah. pain. And I'm like, I know, <laughs> but you're not in the same kind of pain. Yeah, right. Yeah. You're not in the same swirling pain that just goes back to the start. Yeah. What happens is if we dig into it, we can get into it and then through it. Yeah. Not going around it, not avoiding it, and then you're tougher, right? Like well, you you've it, it it creates that like it's almost like when people say when you get up in the morning make your bed because then you've mm-hmm. accomplished something. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's what that is. Where yeah. once you deal with some of that stuff and you 
you just go straight into the storm mm-hmm. and you and you go right through it. You come out the other side going, holy shit, I just did that. Yeah. Well, if that can't knock me down, well, then I'll go. And then the next time something happens, you're like, yeah, but I've done this three times now. And like mm-hmm. you probably have this pattern now where you know mm-hmm. the pain is is a good thing. Yeah. And so that's where that's really cool to hear that. Well, dude, it's it's cool to say it too, actually. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. Like I don't enjoy the pain. Like I'm not oh, trying nobody to make does, it sound like that. It's but pain I, for a reason. Yeah. Well, I enjoy, I enjoy the process. Yeah. I enjoy the process enough that the pain isn't going to dissuade me from continuing. Yeah. Right. Cause the pain is natural. Like it, yeah. I, I remember cause like go back to what Dominic said at my birthday that time. Sorry, man, my phone is like going nuts and I'm like unsure <laughs> as to what is happening. here. All right. I don't know what's going on there. So yeah. I'm just going to just a popular guy. Tonight. Well, this is one of those days though. Hey, like, Oh yeah. As I was telling you earlier, it was a, it was a long day today. Yeah. So, um, what was I talking about? Dominic. Dominic. Yeah. So when he said that about me avoiding pain and seeking pleasure, yeah. like that, that was like my mommy, daddy button. Mm. It was almost like, that's all I've done. Like a good portion of my life. Yeah. And it was an eye opener, man. Yeah, Nine yeah. years sober. It took, took me that long to hear it. Wow. To hear that, like, that, that was essentially what I was doing even in sobriety. Mm. was trying to avoid painful experience, right? Yeah. So if I was dating someone, I'd break up first. Oh, wow. Avoid yeah, yeah. the pain. Right. People always yeah. wondered, well, why do you seem so okay after that? I'm like, because I'm always the one doing it. <laughs> like, I'm always the one yeah. walking away because I have no ability to take pain. Yeah, yeah. Right? And it took time in sobriety <laughs> to build up that resiliency again, right? Mm. Cause it wasn't like, it's kind of like what you're talking about before when we jump on opportunities. Yes. It's because I should be dead, man. I, yeah, I'm yeah. not shitting you. Yeah. I should be dead. I try I know, to take I've my heard, own life. Yeah. And, and most of us have done it indirectly trying to take our own lives. Right. Yeah, yeah. But that's one of the things, right? If we can really remember how hard it was out there, mm-hmm. how bad it was, I think I can take whatever's happening yeah, yeah. here because I know Today, if I don't add alcohol to my mixture, chances are pretty good. It's not going to be as bad. Right? Well, and see, that's amazing that to know, to have that understanding of your inner strength. Mm. Um, you know, I was just listening to this podcast with a guy named David Goggins, and he oh. he, he was a military guy for mm-hmm. anybody who doesn't know, and he just put out a book, but he's like this super insane athlete guy now. Like he set, I think he set the world record now for chin-ups. Oh, it was is he like, the guy who did that? Yeah, yeah it was like 4,600 or something, or 36, insane amount. That's insane. So much so dude. that the first time he tried it, he ended up in the hospital, because and but he went back like a week later and tried it again. Oh, my God. But uh, he does like these 240-mile races what? and shit, just insane. Like if you say, oh, you can't do that, he's like, well, okay, I'll go do it now. Oh, my like, God. But his mentality is that same thing where mm-hmm. it's like, because he went through um, the U.S. military, so he ended up in the Navy SEALs, mm-hmm. and he was uh, he, I think he was going to be in Delta Force, but he he didn't end up doing that. But he was a Ranger and all mm-hmm. this stuff. But he wanted to do all that stuff because, and he said in SEAL school they hated him because he loved it, mm-hmm. and it was like the more they put on him, he's like, well, that's just making me tougher mm-hmm. in my like mentally. Yeah, yeah. And I really found his perspective on that amazing. But he's like, you know. Once you mm. go through the worst thing you can possibly think to go through, yeah. and you realize oh, I'm still standing here, yeah. Well, then that couldn't possibly be the worst thing I went I could go through, yeah. 
Because the worst thing is going to kill you. Yeah. So yeah. then it's like, you so then the it. next thing comes, you're like, <laughs> well, that doesn't seem as bad as that even. So maybe <laughs> I'll right. try that. And yeah. and he said uh, just his story of like going through SEAL camp and like even the instructors were mm-hmm. like, what is wrong with this guy? Yeah. But it was that same mentality where, yeah. you know, it didn't kill me. Mm-hmm. It made me stronger. Yeah. So now I know I can push a little harder. I can yeah. go a little. And and his whole thing is like, just live life, man. Mm-hmm. You know? And there's... um. One of the other podcasts I listened to that kind of got me into this breaking out of your, your shell, shell kind of, or your bubble, yeah. your pattern, was uh, he actually, this this author asked this Dave Goggins guy, he's like, dude, you're the hardest guy I know. Come live with me for like two months or something or a month mm-hmm. and just push me out of my mm-hmm. comfort zone. And so he'd like show up at like three in the morning. He's like, hey, we're going to go, uh, we're going swimming in the lake. And he's like, dude, it's frozen. He's like, yeah, I know. Let's go. And they did this <laughs> shit. Like, it's just, yeah. Like, this guy's wife was like, I don't, what's wrong with you? You yeah. let this guy do this. But it, he's like, but at the end of the month, he was like, wow. Like, I did shit I never thought I would do. Right. At times, I never, like, he'd be in board meetings and this mm-hmm. Dave Goggins, I'd be like, nope, come on, we're, done. we're going. Yeah. He's like, get your stuff off. We're going for a run. <laughs> you know, like, just, but he said it was, you got to break out of it. Yeah. And once his, his mind was out of that, like, here's mm-hmm. my pattern, here's my, my shell of life. Yeah. He's like, now everything is like, you want to go skydiving? Let's go do it. Yeah. Why not? Like, unless it's something that actually will kill you, there's a high chance of it. But yeah. I mean, most stuff isn't like that. But, and I guarantee a guy like that Goggins guy isn't going to get do something that's going to kill no, you. No, for sure. He's right? going to do something that's going to push you. Absolutely. Maybe make you feel like you're going to die. Yeah. Right. But like, he knows you're going to make it through it. That's right. And, and so I've, I really found that mentality. And that's what I, I think I see a lot here is mm. just not necessarily, oh, if it doesn't kill me, it makes me stronger. But the I've been through, we've been through some shit mm-hmm. and we're still here and mm-hmm. it's pretty awesome yeah. now. And I know the next thing comes along might be hard, yeah. but I have some confidence now that I'm going to make it through that. Mm-hmm. And I don't need anything else to do that. Yeah. Um, as easy as it would be to go back to that. And I think that's such an admirable quality. Yeah for people to have and i i see that in abundance here every saturday oh yeah me too man with the people that come in like and i i can only speak for myself on that but when you mentioned that that um about an introspective understanding of myself or something like yeah 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 like the there is some self-awareness for sure but i think what what gets me through the hard stuff is my faith it's not like and I can't speak about it without talking about my faith a little bit. For sure. Uh, and the, the, because for me, I don't have that kind of courage. Mm-hmm. I wasn't born with it. I'll yeah. tell you the truth. I wasn't, I was yeah, born yeah. probably a coward if anything. <laughs> right. And yeah. what I, what I had to do in order to uh, fight my cowardice was I had to fight. Mm. I had to put my nose in shit. I had to um, start getting out there and getting into before I sobered up, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Because I always felt scared, right? Yeah. I never told anybody, but I always felt scared. So yeah. I would always do all kinds of nasty, crazy shit. Yeah. To the point where, you know, when you're in your 20s and people call you Freaky Dave, wow. that's your nickname because you are freaky yeah, and yeah. you are not doing normal things that people yeah. do, right? Like, and uh, in some cases it was just because I was weird, right? Which is fair. <laughs> I've always been weird too. Um, weird is good. Weird is nothing wrong with weird. Um, Absolutely. But that faith piece for me in recovery is, is um, I don't even know how to describe it. There's no way I could do it without it. Yeah. I know lots of people can. And man, I welcome on this podcast, and you know yeah. this, I'm sure, yeah, yeah. but I welcome everybody. 
Mm-hmm. I want, if it's, if you have terrible experience with 12 step groups, I want to talk to you. If you have yeah. great experience with 12 step groups, I want to talk to you. Yeah. If you know about smart recovery, I want to talk to you. Wow. If you know about, um, dual diagnosis clinics, I want to talk to you. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like I, I don't, what, what this has done to for me, this faith thing, and, and it might be the opposite of what I used to think it was about. Mm-hmm. Cause I used to think that faith had everything to do with dogma and like God was out of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because dogma I know is just the result of other people's thinking, right? It's not, Absolutely. it's not my own. This actually, you know what, dude, I'm starting to get off on a tangent because I was started watching, um, the BBC documentary on the crusades. Oh yeah. And I got to tell you, I, this is part of why I showed up at church today a little bit pissed off mm. is because I walked into a church that started the crusades. <laughs> Wow. The Christian church. Yeah, yeah. They started it. Yeah. Okay. First crusade. Christians. Okay. Yeah. Then second crusade. The Muslims pushed them back. <laughs> beat the crap out of them. Yeah. What happened? Christians came back. Right? <laughs> Slaughtered them. Went into the city. Like, uh, they were marching on Jerusalem, I believe, in the third crusade, they called it. Yeah. And it was Lionheart. King Lionheart, whoever yeah, that yeah, was. Yeah. Richard? King Richard or something. Yeah, yeah, I think the Robin Hood or the... Yeah, yeah. I can't remember, dude. The names are all the same, right? Yeah. Anyway, so what these Christians did uh, in the Third Crusade, yeah. and I'm, I'm saying this as a Christian, okay? So, yeah. But I'm actually a Christian who believes in what Christ taught, not, mm. not what some priest taught. So <laughs> you can suck on it. Um, <laughs> because I'm more of a fan of love and peace. But when I, I was... So anyway, I'm watching this documentary. I'm going to leave this with you to look it up on your own, whoever's listening to this. Yeah. Find out what the Christians did to over, I want to say over 2,000 Muslims. Mm. Just find out because you'll, you'll, you'll find it immediately in the Third Crusade. Wow. I don't want to say it because there's a young lady in the room. Yeah, yeah. But it's, just trust me when I say this, that it is disturbing. Yeah. It's disturbing what they did to each other back and forth, of course. Absolutely. Um, but what's more disturbing to me after watching this, well, not t- this third crusade thing is going to disturb you when you find out what it was <clears throat> because it disturbed even the most disturbed people. Wow. Then. Even people who were violent and, and militant yeah, yeah. were like, that was I don't know if Lionheart should have done that. Wow. <laughs> that you know, it's rough. bad when. Yeah, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I won't tell anybody what that was. This, the whole thing started one pope mm-hmm. that's it yep one pope riled up a country yeah riled up a religion yeah now i'm saying this the reason it's kind of like on my heart is because i just want to caution people about dogma that's why i want For to sure. say it because the dogma will trap us in fear that's yep. all it is is fear yep. right and that pope who started the crusades he knew it mm-hmm. he knew it because he was educated and nobody else was Absolutely. Right? So he could use these fancy words that incite fear and incite hatred and incite anger. I have to tell you from the bottom of my heart, that's not God. No, that's man. That's my opinion, but that's not God. That's man. That's man. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I, I struggle with, uh, like I, I didn't mean to hijack it there. No, no. I was so pissed about this. Oh, (laughs) it's like the seals. (laughs) I've been around a lot of people that are mm. uh, that find Christianity very abhorrent, and 
mainly because <laughs> I, I'm I'm involved in the indigenous community, and there's mm-hmm. a lot of people there that are very angry still. <sighs> understandably and, so. And, and understandably. I would never deny anybody their right to be angry. Hell um, no. Because there's some stories that I've heard that I'm like I can't even fathom. Yeah. Of what went on here in Canada, thirty years ago. Yeah. You know, not three hundred years ago, dude. I know. It's like thirty years ago. Like yeah. the last residential school closed in 1996. I graduated really? in '93. Yeah. Jeez. I didn't even know that, man. I right? graduated in '92. I had no idea. Yeah. So, so this stuff isn't ancient history. This yeah. is like not even one person ago. Yeah. It's like my parents' generation. Yeah. And now. I didn't have those experiences, and but like my but wife's family did. did. Yeah. Um. And like I've known so many people that that, that they can't look at. Yeah. Like Christianity is not well looked on. Yeah. Um. I don't you know, blame them, man. From where my mom, where my uh, where my mom's, or my my wife's family is from. I was thinking of her mom, but where <laughs> where they're from. Yeah. Uh. You know, they used to. I mean, everybody you knew about black robes that yeah. would come to take your kids, but the RCMP were known as those who take our kids. Oh yeah, like that was in their language. That's who those people were. Those who take our kids. Those who take oh, okay. our kids. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's like there's some pretty shitty shit. Yeah, dude. And so I understand, but then at the same time, I do find that there is a like I always say is there's like the the church side of it, the the yeah. dogma side. Yeah. But I think there is a spirituality to it, and oh, I, yeah. I I think you know some people find it with Buddhism, some people find it mm-hmm. with other anything else. Um, there's a, there's lots of ways to be spiritual out mm-hmm. there. Um, and I, I, I think it's, I think it's almost a, I wouldn't say a necessary part of people's mm-hmm. lives, but I think there is a huge part of people's lives that is spiritual. Yeah, I agree. Whatever that means to you. Yeah. You know, if it means just being a great person and treating people well, mm-hmm. then, then that's, that's that. Yeah. But I find, um, like you're for yourself mm-hmm. with your Christianity, it's, um, that's what I think Christianity was meant to be, you know? And I can only do it the way I can do it. Right. Right. And, and. You're right. Like the faith is far separate from the yeah. religion, right? Like, and I, I even remember, like, uh, I've been to two of the Dalai Lama speeches, and I remember. You know, oh, I'd love to go see him. Man. Oh, it's phenomenal. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> so, I, I'll tell the story about the first time I went to him, but, but uh, one of the things he said was, um, you know, he doesn't believe that, you know, Christian like Jesus Christ mm-hmm. and what Buddhism teaches is not really that different. Mm-hmm. And so, like, Buddhism, everybody has this impression that Buddhism is, like, the gentle religion, which in a lot of ways it is, right? Comparatively. Yeah, like, uh, <laughs> they're very peace, very, yeah. even when somebody's coming to kill them, it's like, well, mm-hmm. okay, let's just let it happen. Almost, right? Mm-hmm. And so, I've always found the parallels between a lot of religions amazing. Mm-hmm. And the parallels between a lot of them are always the peace, love, kindness, mm-hmm. treat people well. Mm-hmm. Those kinds of things, right? And and the the other stuff is like, well, that's just like man. That's mm-hmm. just the that's some asshole who got a hold of a book and started to manipulate people. Yeah, that's really what it is, right? Totally. Um, but the, anyway, the first time I went to see him, I felt like an idiot because I went to the. It was in Toronto, and I never been there, mm-hmm. so I went up to Cal, uh, the CN Tower. I was really afraid of heights at that yeah. point, so they had the glass floor. And I'm oh, like, geez, oh, man. shit, man. <laughs> I'm like eight feet away, and I'm like standing near the wall oh. like, oh, my God. This little Buddhist monk kid who he's got the full-on robes, yeah. shaved head. I look over, and I see him coming, just just walking down. He was like eight, right? Yeah. And like cutest kid ever. He's got yeah. the full robes. Like I was like, holy shit. And that's when I first realized like, the Dalai Lama's really here. Like, <laughs> holy shit, this kid's. And then I look over, and there's a crowd of them, and he's just like, doo 
bloop, right across that floor like it didn't even exist. Yeah. I was like, and he's looking down the whole time like, okay, wow. He's an eight-year-old. Yeah. So I'm like, shit. <laughs> so, this little eight-year-old. Get your Buddhist, ass out there. Yeah, he, he shamed me into <laughs> getting over my fear of heights a little, but it worked. But yeah, no, I, I've, I really, I love going to see learn about spirituality mm-hmm. more so than religions. Yeah. Um, like I'm really involved in indigenous spirituality and, and learning about that and the different aspects of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, but I've also enjoy, I, I have a lot of Buddhist books at home. Mm-hmm. I got, you know, I have like eight Bibles at home. I don't even know why, but yeah. never been a Christian, but it's because you know, there's <laughs> I got something, lots of them. There was an old, there was an old something or other. I don't know if it was a proverb or maybe it was just like an old gossip thing, but yeah. so that you can never throw a Bible away. Like, <laughs> and there's like some, some of us, even if we don't believe in it, it's yeah. like, it's still a sacred book. Like I'm not throwing I, it in the garbage. I, I, like, I, I, no way. I, I was like, <laughs> we were going through our books and I was like, oh, we should get rid of some of these books. Yeah. I picked one up. I'm like, hi. I don't know. I can't really. Yeah. Even though I don't even read it, I'm like, I can't get rid of that. <laughs> I know it's weird, right? Yeah, like you it just is. can't. You just kind of yeah. put it on the shelf and you're like, it's a little yeah. creepy that it's staring at me, but <laughs> just leave it, let it collect <laughs> dust. But I, I, I do think uh I mean for me, spirituality is very important and mm-hmm. it's helped me a lot. So I I hope everybody finds something yeah. that helps them. Yeah, man. What's you know? so what was your like what was your spiritual journey like? Because I mean, having lots of choice, sometimes it makes it hard. Well, it, it was because when I was a kid, of course, I had friends that went to church. I was mm-hmm. like, "Well, I got to try this out. This yeah. seems like they have fun." So I went to I went to one friend's church, and he was uh, actually Mormon, and I knew nothing about religion. Mm-hmm. So I, my ignorance, I was ten, and he was ten, and so we went. And of course, we're in the youth group, and mm-hmm. they're just playing games and having fun. I was like, "This is the best thing ever! <laughs> Free food and cookies, and we get to play for three hours. Yeah. This is fantastic." Three so, hours is your first warning. I, I remember about the second time, my second Sunday in a row, I went with this guy, and I come home with my from and my parents are like, "Oh, so did you have fun?" I'm like, "Yeah, I think I want to be a Mormon." <laughs> and I remember the look on my parents' face of the shock and horror, like, and I don't remember them ever saying no, but I never went to church again with mm-hmm. that that guy. So I don't know what happened there. Um, but I just, I remember trying to read the Bible and, and like, I remember wanting something. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what, even when I was like 12, 13, mm-hmm. like I remember, you know, like you, you start getting into teenage years and of course that, you know, the world comes to an end every time you like a girl says no to you or something like, know. you know, it turns you down for a date or something. Until you get used to it like I did that. Yeah. Until right. Used to it. <laughs> so, so you're seasoned vet. Yeah. You're a but, veteran. <laughs> but uh, rejection's <laughs> hard at 13. But I just remember, like, you know, something would happen. I'd be like, ah, and I can't handle it. So it'd be like, what does this Bible say? Everybody says this is supposed to help. And and then as I got older, I, I read a lot about Buddhism. And I I, I really enjoyed Buddhism mm-hmm. for its, um, I guess it's peacefulness. It, it's, you know, I think for me, the real thing about Buddhism was it was you. It wasn't somebody telling you. You didn't go to church and have somebody say, mm-hmm. this is how you shall live your life from here on. Yeah, you followed your inner yeah. guidance. More. And if you don't, burn in hell. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, let's fear you. And and so that stuff always turned me right off. But when, when I got to Buddhism... Oddly it was, enough, it turned you off. Yeah. I don't know how it would. <laughs> yeah, who knew? <laughs> Burning in hell. Yeah. Um, And yet one of my favorite shows is uh, Supernatural, so who knows? Uh, <laughs> but, but then I, tur- I, got, I got, kind of got into Buddhism, and it was all about... You know, the God, everything you need in God is within you. Mm. And I thought, well, that makes so much more sense. 
Like, as if, if, sense. if there is a God of whatever kind, yeah. he's going to give you everything you need to survive this life. You would think. To get through life. Yeah. And so that started to make a lot of sense. And after a few years, I was kind of like, well, I don't know. I mean, unless I become mm-hmm. a monk, I just don't know how how much further I can go with Buddhism. Because, yeah. you know, then you get into the whole, like, oh, you got to give up all your attachments. And mm-hmm. you got to... And I'm like, well, you know, I have a dog. I... Like kick that to the curb like that. I don't know how you do that. Like, so I didn't understand how you just let go of everything in life and be happy. Um, so that part of it almost didn't make sense to me. Mm -hmm. And then, um, fast forward a bunch of years and I'd say probably the last eight years I've just, uh, I've gone down a a spiritual path more towards indigenous spirituality. Mm -hmm. Um, but there again, it's a very personal journey. Mm hmm. So, um, I met this friend of mine who he's my brother now, but at this point, yeah. uh, James, and he's, uh, I think 16 or 20 years in recovery. Nice. And, um, I, I, I'd love to tell his story. I really should leave it to him, but let's dude, just hook he, me up, dude. Oh, it's when he, Get him he on. if he comes out from Victoria, I want him to come on and tell you totally. how he got sober. Cause yeah. it was quite a, quite an incident that yeah. got him sober, but, cool. um, but he's he's very spiritual, yeah. and uh, he, I don't know what it was about him, but we we did this uh, Reiki. So he taught mm. me first level Reiki. Okay. And when he did that, it, like something snapped in my brain. Yeah. Um, and from there on, it's just been kind of unnerving. Mm-hmm. Some of the things that have happened to me, or yeah. that I've seen, or dreamt, or or felt, and. Mm-hmm. I'm still a little shy to even talk about it because yeah. I think a lot of people think it's like, you know, uh, it's hooey, like uh, mm. ghost stories and it's not real. And Dude, yeah. tell me a ghost story, bro. <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, there's there's so many. Um, but I think that's what he kind of woke up in me was yeah. a connection to something higher. Yeah. Um, so you actually had a guest on here who... Mm. Uh, they were talking about a spirit and the spirit was in this room Mm -hmm. and I don't like, I don't see them like human beings sitting in the couch or chair talking to people. Yeah. My daughter's going crazy Mm because she's got some cool ghost stories, but, and actually it was when she was born, that was part of what opened me up to this as well, because she, she was old enough at the the time to, I'm I'm just bouncing around now, but dude, (laughs) yeah, this was so orderly at one point. (laughs) We were going so well. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was just going according to the list. According to plan. But so, okay, to bounce to her and then I'll come back. But, yeah, for um, sure, please. When she was little, like she was at a point where she could understand what you were saying, but couldn't say, couldn't speak, right? So she'd make like goo goo gaga noises mm-hmm. and point to things. And you could, but you could say to her like, you know, Sam, are you hungry? And she'd know what you're saying or, you know, uh, you know, just basic stuff like that. And there was one day we were sitting there and... um I, my my dad had passed away when she was seven months old. Mm. And so she never really got to know him. Yeah. And one day she was sitting there and I was holding her. And I was standing there and she's looking out at our big windows in our in our living room. And she's she starts giggling. And I'm like, that's weird because it's just bland curtains. Yeah. I don't know what's exciting. <laughs> and she's just giggling and giggling. And I'm, and I'm like, you know, she's maybe a year and a half or something. Mm-hmm. And I said, Sam, what are you, what, what are you giggling about? And she turns the picture of my dad on the wall, points at him, and then turns and points at the curtains. And I was like, what the fuck? 
Like, are you kidding me? And but it wasn't even like she wasn't. She was making around. shit up. Like yeah, she yeah. knew exactly what was standing over there yeah. and what was making her giggle. Yeah. And then oh, I just got goosebumps. Right. Burr. And this happened repeatedly with her. Um. And then when she could vocalize, there was some other experiences yeah. too. But well, you're welcome anytime. <laughs> anytime. Um. So, so then I started, then that stuff was happening and I was like, holy shit, there might be something bigger out there. Yeah. And, uh, and then my friend kind of woke this up in me and then I just started having experiences where I could feel emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, like when my, my grandmother died, my, my dad's mom, when she passed away, I was out of, uh, I was out of town working and I was in a hotel room mm-hmm. and I was sitting there and, and, uh, I mean, she was getting up to 90 so it yeah. wasn't a big surprise yeah. but i was still sad and and i was like i was just thinking about her and i was like well you know grandma I'm, you know I'll say goodbye and i was just kind of talking out loud and the, the like something touched me on the right side of my body and my whole body went like like ice cold wow every hair stood up yeah but it was as soon as i said like you know i just wanted to say goodbye you know i loved you and blah 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 mm-hmm. and it was like a sh- this hand on my shoulder and it was only like a brief second. Yeah. And I was like, holy shit. Yeah. Um, and then I had other experiences where I, you know, after my dad died, I've had two dreams with him where, um, like I, I woke up out of those dreams. Mm-hmm. Like there was, it, they weren't like any dream I've ever had in my yeah. life. And I actually had a conversation, like had conversations with him. And I remember the, the first time I remember asking him like, what, how are you here? Like yeah. you're, you're, you're dead. Yeah. Like, and he just started laughing. He's like, "Really?" I'm like, "Yeah, don't like how are we talking?" Yeah. And he just thought that was so funny. And then we had this conversation, and he actually said to me, he said, "You need to stay focused on on this path you're going down mm-hmm. with your spirituality." He's like, and I'm like, "What? Well, like Buddhism?" Cuz that's when I was really into Buddhism, yeah. and he's like, and he just smiled and he said, "Well, we'll see." Yeah. And then somebody came in the room and, was, and talked to him and he's like, "Okay, I got to go, but I'll, I'll I'll be back." Mm-hmm. and I'm like, okay. As soon as he left, boom, I was bolt upright, and it was like just ice all yeah. over me, man. It yeah. was crazy. Cool. Oh. Yeah. So then I've, and then, so as I've kind of dug deeper into that, I've just had more and more experiences, and um, I had, uh, I went, I've been going to sweat lodges and stuff, and in mm-hmm. one of them I had a vision of something that was really weird, and then, uh, which... Which told me I needed to go further. And you're like, it's really weird and I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> I don't blame I, you, man. Don't. <laughs> everybody always wants to pick their spirit animal of and course. stuff, right? And, and I don't, that's not what indigenous spirituality is about, really. But I, I wouldn't think so. But. No. But I do have this uh, weird thing with ravens. So yeah. um, I don't know if they're my spiritual animal. That's Yeah, but they're cool. But they are cool. And, yeah. and for me, whenever there's a significant event in my life, there's always a raven around. Yeah. And when I'm out working, doing what I'm doing, I'm outside all the time. Um, and I've literally had ravens almost land on me mm. and just follow me around for a while. Yeah. So I don't know what that's about, but that's... Um, Remind me to tell you a story about a raven after you're done. Okay. Yeah. Um, so the vision I had was this this raven flew in to the sweat lodge. It's mm. pitch black in there. You can't see nothing. Yeah. So a black raven, but I, I could see it clear as day. Yeah. There was nobody else in that lodge, even though there was 20 people. And it, it, it transformed into a guy and it, it told me what I need. That it was like, you need to, this is the next step of what you need to do, basically. Cool. And that's why I go to the coast every year for the last three yeah. years. 
And this is the last year that I'm going. It's I go fast for four days. Yeah. And uh, that's when you have some serious, serious shit. Hell yeah. Yeah. Fasting? Yeah. Yeah. I've never done it for four days, but. Oh, and it's no water, no food, no nothing. No outside, nothing. You don't take your phones. Like I go in with a couple blankets and a sleeping bag. Mm-hmm. That's it. You're that you don't have any connection to the outside world. Yeah. And there's a lot of people think it's the hunger and the thirst, but that actually isn't the hardest part. Mm. It's being with yourself yep. with no distractions. Yeah. And I think I've done more healing in those lodges than, than ever. And I think it's, for me, it's very powerful, but I mean, I have there, you have visions in there, which some people say, Oh, that's, you're just delirious, but mm. it, there's more to it. Um, whatever brings about the vision, the vision's still real. Yeah. Like it doesn't really matter. Exactly. Yeah. And, and the truth is, is when you come out of there, you've, you've come to understand yourself a whole lot mm. different way than, yeah. than when you went in. Um, and you know, the idea is you go in every year with a, a purpose. Mm-hmm. So you don't just go do it. Yeah. It's like, what do you want out of it? Cause yeah. you need to ask for that and you may not get the answer you want, which mm-hmm. I've never got the answer that I want. Yeah. But a year later, six months later, something mm-hmm. will happen. I'll be like, oh, that's the answer yeah. to that question. Mm-hmm. And it came in a way that I was not expecting. Yeah. But if you're, if you're aware of it, yeah. you know, paying attention. I, I think that's from what I hear people talk about, like even their spirituality, even if it's Christian or whatever, mm-hmm. like it's very similar. Oh, yeah. Where, you know, they, they want this answer and then they'll get it. Mm-hmm. And it might not be what they expect, though. But they have to be aware that, oh, totally. that is the answer I was looking for. Yeah. You and know? I mean, we, we're all going to have, if we, if we seek it, we're going to have different experiences, right? Yeah. And most of it's going to be based on what's in our head. Oh, for like, sure. Because it can't be based on anything else, right? Yeah, yeah. Like it's, um, it was kind of like the, the, the day before, it would have been the day before I quit drinking, actually. We mm-hmm. were in Vancouver. We're at Wreck Beach. Yeah. And so like I had, I've had spiritual experiences my whole life. Right. But they were right. not necessarily Christian ones. Yeah. Like yeah. This, so like we were out at wreck beach and we were, we were high for sure. We yeah. were high on mushrooms and everything else that we could get on the <laughs> beach. This is actually funny. Cause I think my brother, did he mention that? Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. Cause we were like bought mushrooms from a pantless man. Yeah. Yeah. And it's weird when you look up and all you see is a ding dong in your face. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, do you want to buy some mushrooms? It's like, I would like some <laughs> mushrooms, penis man. <laughs> so, and I don't know if I, if I told the story to stop me, but it's kind of like the, once you're connected to the way things flow, right? Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't matter. Um, Cause I don't think, I don't think about God in terms of a overbearing anything. Yeah. Somebody who's going to judge you. I just don't think of it like that. Yeah. Right. Like I think of God as like energy and the fact that mm-hmm. the, the God is before the beginning and after the end and all those things. Yep but only because God's too big for us. That's, right. that's my opinion. Right? Yeah. Um, anything I try to do to define God is inadequate. Right. And, Absolutely. And wonderfully so because yeah. it's limited to me. I'm swimming out and I'm going out pretty far because I love swimming. I love the ocean. Yeah, yeah. And I used to go out as far as I could. And oh yeah. In some cases I was hoping for sharks, but <laughs> whatever. Cause who doesn't want to be the guy who punches a shark in the eyeball? Right. Hey, how'd you Absolutely. beat the shark? I gave him a right. Like that Australian yeah, guy who got Australian. bit by the shark and went for a beer. <laughs> Didn't the shark take his arm? And then, he, no, that was someone else's it took, arm. It took a chunk out of him, though. And yeah. he went, he actually, him and his buddies wrapped it up and went to the beer, went to the bar yeah. for a beer. I'm like, <laughs> oh, man. So I'm swimming out, and I'm just kind of floating. 
and I'm like really messed up. But then all of a sudden I'm not messed up. Like I'm straight yeah. as an arrow, right? And there's like all these heads pop up in the water and they're all these little sea lions. And oh, wow. Yeah, whatever's in the base, seals or sea lions. Yeah, like yeah. I'm not an animal expert. so Right. But their heads pop up and there's like a half moon around me. And they're about probably, I would say no more than 15 feet away from me. Wow. And they're all just looking at me. And I'm like, I don't understand what's happening here. I've never seen like these animals act like this before. Yeah, yeah. But then it just hit me. And it didn't, I didn't have to have proof because I'm not a guy who needs to see yeah, a shark yeah. to believe there might be a shark there. Yeah, um, yeah. But it was like a, a warning. They were, they were telling me not to go too far. And, I, and I, at first I was like, okay, maybe they're just making sure I don't get eaten. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Which is fair, right? For sure, yeah. But then the next day when I'm, when I'm, not, when I'm driving, home, driving home from Vancouver and I've, I'm done now. Right. Like yeah. I finished, I had my last drink the night before and, wow. um, and I'm in the back of this car and I'm thinking about those fucking sea lions and I'm like, they meant, they meant I was going too far. Wow. I, I might've already yeah, yeah. gone too far. Yeah. And it just started to occur to me like that. And it wasn't because, because at the time I was praying to something I didn't believe in. Mm -hmm. And then I started seeing the sea lions and the heads and I'm yeah, like, yeah. they're trying to tell me to stop. Yeah. Like they were trying, right? And in their own way, and whether that's yeah. what their intention was, I don't care because mm -hmm. I can't ask them. So no. I, I'm left to make the assumption that based on what happened the next day, I'd have to say they were like God saying enough yeah, because you're dead. Like, well, I, like enough, right? Yeah, like you go too much further. And and I and all I could tell you is that even though I was really high, I still saw God's hand. Yep. I still felt the hand of the universe <clears> saying, <throat> Whoa, yeah. whoa, just easy, easy yeah. kid, easy, right? And yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, I get goosebumps. You guys talking about oh. like the, because I believe there's something to it. For right? sure, so, I agree. Yeah, I, I know there's something to it. Yep. Energy doesn't just go somewhere and it's gone. Yeah. Right? Like, and yeah. we, we all know that energy doesn't just cease to be. Yeah. Like something happens to it. Absolutely. Right? And if, if it is, in fact, what people describe as heaven, it's just us returning to star stuff. That's cool too. Yeah. Right? Like I, 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 I'm like you, I don't want to put a definition as to what God is. Totally not. Man. Um, <clears throat> I don't think God plays a gender role. I don't think mm -hmm. God's a certain height weight. Um, yeah. I just honestly think there's a cosmos out there mm -hmm. that when, I mean, I, there's this meme that goes around every once in a while where we're like, you're a, you know, a meat sack full of stardust <laughs> on a skeleton or something, right? Or something like that. Yeah. On but a it's skeleton true. Popsicle. Yeah. But it's, it's so true because like they've, I think they've scientifically proven that like in our genetics is actual particles mm -hmm. from the universe. Well, how does that shit happen? And so I think in, in my brain, the way I conceptualize, you know, the afterlife, so to speak, is we become part of, this universe, this yeah, cosmos, this intelligence that's there. The ever-expanding universe. Yeah. Right? And I just, I think there is an intelligence there. Mm -hmm. And I, <clears throat> because I've, there, I don't believe in coincidences. No, me neither. And I've seen way too many things happen that yeah. it's like, everybody goes, oh, that's such a coincidence. Ha, ha, ha. And I'm like, I don't think that's a coincidence. Yeah. Like you said, those seals. Yeah. Like people can be like, oh, well, you're just, you want it to be that message. So that's why it's that message. That's cool. But why would you even think that? 
Yeah. If you're in such a state like you said you were in, why wouldn't you just go, hey, look, people, cool. Like, <laughs> why didn't that occur to you? Why didn't you just go, yeah. let's go swimming with these guys? Yeah. That these never... guys look like fun. Right. But in, in your brain, in that in that moment when you're, yeah. you weren't sober, yeah. you suddenly close. went, oh, shit. Yeah. Like, and even though the next day, that's when you really started thinking about yeah. it, that moment, you it was like, oh. Well, that moment lasted till the next day, right? Exactly. Like, I mean, those are those moments. Yep. And I mean, I'll tell you how messed up I was. I just about picked up a 90 year old woman on the beach. That's how messed up I was. If it wasn't for my little brother. I would have oh, had horrible memories of that day. Uh, thank you, Nathan. Um, but, but a hell of a story, but hell of a story. And it pushed me into the water. Yeah. Right. Cause I was kind of embarrassed once I realized what I was doing Yeah. because even though I was messed up, I could still see that, that, that that's not what I want to do. Like, yeah. Yeah. I, I had never gone into a nursing home and had sex with the women in there. <laughs> I might when I'm old enough, but when you're 90, yeah, when I'm 90, but until then I'm going to just mind my business and <laughs> not cause anyone to have a heart attack or anything like that. Yeah. Um, don't do that. Yeah. No, but you're right, man. It's just that it doesn't matter what other people think, right? No. Cause I come across people who think that if you were using, you didn't have a spiritual experience. Yeah. And I, well, we know that's not true. Yeah, yeah. We know from people who've used like, uh, LSD, ayahuasca, psilocybin, um, for sure. Yes. Matt mescaline, whatever else yep. they've used to find their path to God. Yeah. And for a lot of people that's worked. Absolutely. So I'm not going to tell you that that's not true. Right. Yeah. But of course there's like abstinent people who put abstinent pushers who push, well, unless you're hundred percent abstinent, you are 100% incapable of communicating with God. Yeah. And I think, how dare you? Yeah. Like, right. Like how, Absolutely. if I was to say something like that to someone, that's irresponsible, man. Absolutely. How the fuck do I know what God does to you? Exactly. <laughs> right. Well, and I, and I think if, if there is that, that God out there, mm -hmm. I think they're more than powerful enough to reach through the fog of any haze that you're yeah. in to say, to snap you out of something. Yeah. And, and the truth is, is I think that is what, what God is, mm -hmm. is you needed a message at that moment in time. Oh yeah. Yeah. You got that message in a, in a pack of seals. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it didn't have to be something that smashed you in the face to tell you to, you know, mm -hmm. it didn't need a car accident where you became a paraplegic to find out, Oh, I need to change. Mm -hmm. Maybe it would have, if you would have kept going, but yeah, well, I think but, that was, but that's the thing. Yeah. You got that message. That was the You warning. got it. Oh yeah, I you did. Know? And it stuck with me, man. Like, yeah. Well, even plastered. here now, like it's, yeah, like yeah. it sends chills, man. Oh yeah, totally. And, and I think that when you try to describe what is spirituality, what yeah. is God, what is belief, what is religion, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter what it is for the masses because it's whatever you need it to be. It's a connection, man. It is. And right? if, if you need something in your life and you're open to that, mm -hmm. it, something will happen. Yeah. You know, um, like my, my friend in Victoria is a great example. I, I, I look up to him for a lot of ways and in a lot of ways I don't even understand how he exists. Yeah. Cause, and I, and I say that out of total love and I've yeah. told him this to his face. I have so much respect cause he, since he got sober, the experience he had was a very spiritual one, yeah. which sobered him up. Yeah. But since then he's lived his life a hundred percent with, mm -hmm. I, I will, I will be okay. Mm -hmm. So it's like he lives his life day to day, yeah. month to month. So he doesn't plan the future. Mm. 
and and as hard as that is for me to understand and a lot of people understand like yep. he doesn't have RSPs he doesn't have investments he's not like mm-hmm. retirement he's th- things will come through and yeah. he's you know he's had moments where he's got no money mm-hmm. he's about to get kicked out of his apartment and he's like backs up against the wall mm-hmm. no idea what is going to happen he's got 24 hours and he'll find mm-hmm. enough money to yeah somehow money will come to him yeah. and he'll pay his rent yeah. or something will happen or a buddy will come that he mm-hmm. hasn't seen for 20 years and be like, Hey man, you know, here I, mm-hmm. I, I won three grand on the lotto yeah. or something. And I yep. here, you know, yeah. like it, he wins the lotto stuff mm-hmm. like that. Like it, <laughs> the one, this one time he was walking and he, he's a walker. So if he has mm-hmm. a problem, he goes walking. Oh, same here, man. Yeah. And so he's, He's he's broke. He's they're gonna be losing their place if he doesn't find money. He's got it like it's the next day. It's ten o'clock at night, and he's like, "Well, how am I gonna make a thousand bucks? You know, no, people aren't gonna pay me enough to do, you know." <laughs> so he's walking, and he sees this freaking scratch and wind ticket on the ground, like an hour into his walk. So he picks it yeah. up. It's not been scratched. Oh, freaking scratches off. You know, three grand. <laughs> you know, that's what I mean though. Like, yeah. That's coincidental. The amount of times that's happened to him, yeah. it's not coincidental. And, and it's not coincidental. Like, I, I don't even think that's odd. Because the it, truth is, when you're connected to something, yeah, you're paying attention to these things. Absolutely. And he, and he just lives with that faith. Yeah. That faith that something will come along. Oh. And sometimes he's he's been in some bad situations. Yeah. That even he was like, this fucking sucks. Yeah. But then at the outset of that, something really good mm-hmm. came along. And, and so I have so much respect cause I can't, I can't do that. Like I can't, I love faith, but I can't mm-hmm. live with that much faith, you know, not today maybe. No. And yeah. so I, but I got a lot, but he's the one that really shows me that, mm-hmm. you know, you, you, you just need to understand that there is a higher power mm-hmm. out there. And that if you are doing whatever you can to make this world better, mm-hmm. good shit will come to you. You're well, cause you're going to, you're going to fall in line with the way things move. Right. Yeah. And that's really what we try to do in recovery is the same thing. That's what we're trying to do is not fight anymore. Yeah. Not fight everything and everyone. That's yeah. all we did most of the time yeah. was like, whether we're fighting like rules, guidelines or whatever, yeah, yeah. we're people. Right. And we even talk about it in our, in the literature about we just cease fighting because yeah. once you cease fighting, you get to go with the flow of the Absolutely. universe. Right. And when you're with the flow, you're going to hit bumps. You're going to hit like, you're going to get bruised. You're going to get For hurt. Sure. But you can still go. Yeah. Right? Like the no, getting hurt no longer means we have to stop progress. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like it, and I think uh, in a lot of ways, um, I see a lot of young people get stuck with that. Mm-hmm. Right? Where it's like, if, if it's not working out right away, I'm going to stop. Yeah. You know? And I want to encourage people not to stop. Right? Because if it's not working out right away, it just might not be the right time. Absolutely. Right? But if it's something that you love... I hope you always come back to it. Yeah. You know, even if you take a break because it's hard and it is sometimes doing things you love because you're by yourself most of the time. For sure. <laughs> until you, until you can get people who are either like-minded in their own direction or want to help you or you mm-hmm. can help them. Like you're going to find yourself on the outside. Absolutely. Every time I quit a job, that was a really good job. I had a lot of voices saying, why? Yeah. What's wrong with yeah, you? Like yeah. Like I gave up a pension with the city. I gave wow. it up. I just gave it up. I was like, 
no fucking way. I am not going to spend the rest of my life working for the city just because they have a pension. Yeah, yeah. That's asinine, dude. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. That's not asinine for others because others have different priorities. For sure. But for me, that's asinine. Yeah. Like I can't, I would rather die yeah. tomorrow than put myself back in a cubicle. Oh, yeah. Which is basically what the city is. Yeah. Or any large organization like that. Absolutely. Church being yeah. one of them, right? Where um, I, I got to say, though, like the church has changed a lot. The church I'm currently, we're currently at right yep. now having this conversation is amazing. Like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's not not your typical Christian. It's, it's night and day from what you, sure. from what I was raised in and from what I was used to. Yeah. Um, and I just want people to know that because this church has uh, so many wonderful wellness things going yep. on. And it's almost like they forgot they're a church. Yeah. And I think that's amazing. Well, right. but the focus is back on and making people healthy, getting people happy, helping being humans. a community, yeah, being a support network for each other, and that's yeah. really, I think, where where church should have always been, and maybe that's where it started. Was what it was for. It's a community coming together. Yeah, and you know, every I, I think in almost every culture there was always feasts, mm-hmm. there was always gatherings where everybody brought food. Yeah, and and so it's like that's a common thread mm-hmm. through all religions. Oh yeah. And, and it's because that brought people together. Mm-hmm. And when people are together, you're less likely to fight and get mad and murder yeah. each other if you know each other on that mm-hmm. level and you're, you're friends. And and yeah. then if you need to borrow something, you can borrow it because mm-hmm. I know you're a good guy and I'll see you on Sunday and you know, I'll get it back. Mm-hmm. It's a, You know, so I think, I think for me, that's where spirituality is amazing. Yeah. And I think from what I've seen and from what I've experienced, and maybe yours is different, I don't know, but... I always find that when I started to uh, realize what what spirituality meant for me mm-hmm. and started walking kind of with that yes. spirituality, man, like things just got better. Yeah. And even even and I'm not like I'm I'm you know living paycheck to paycheck. I'm not making tons of money, but it's like you're speaking not, to the choir, my friend. Yeah. Yeah, you're preaching I, to the choir. So I don't mean better as in like oh, life is just on the gravy train mm-hmm. now. But I mean better like <clears throat> relationships I have with people are deeper. Yeah. Um I I don't have the fears that I used to have. Yeah. Like and not even silly ones like like not that fear heights is silly cuz you could die if you fell that up over my head. But I mean I, like I used to have a severe fear of like and anxiety of being in crowds and mm-hmm. having to socialize. Yeah. And I don't necessarily enjoy it thoroughly, mm-hmm. but I don't mind it now. Yeah. And I'm not afraid. I'm like I'm not afraid to go into a crowd. Yeah. Not now. And I just find that when I look at where I'm at now as a, as a person my mm-hmm. in, and stuff, I think spirituality has a huge impact yeah. on where I am today. Yeah. Just just all those little things. And I You think, mentioned it. Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, no. I was going to say, you, you mentioned it when you talked about walking with it. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm sorry. No, I, I just kind of, I usually go on and on about stuff. But yeah, but go uh, on and on. <laughs> but that's what I find. I, I see a lot of people, like my friend that walks with his mm-hmm. spirituality and his faith. And his faith is in the cosmos, mm-hmm. in, in, the, in this planet, in yeah. this world. And I just, I find it amazing that um, he walks with such little fear. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's something that spirituality is amazing for. Oh, God, yeah. Like, yeah. it... it where I, I would have been afraid to do things before. Like, I, I'm not afraid. I There's no way 10 years ago I would have been doing a podcast. Yeah. Not a chance. To speak openly in front of people. Are you, you on a mic? You and me both, my friend. Oh. Yeah. It, 
I, I probably would have like ran and hid mm-hmm. to try to get away from that shit. But now I just find that even though I might be afraid still, I'm like, mm-hmm. eh, it's okay just, to be afraid, man. Yeah, yeah, like, um, and I think over the last few years, like I've I've done crazy things, like you know, jumping out of planes and love it. Oh yeah, oh, I love that. <laughs> so fun. I love your earmuffs too. Yeah, love the cat ears on there. <laughs> I just love that. But uh, and even meeting people and doing things, uh, even being part of uh, you know going to sweat lodges and stuff like mm-hmm. I've been doing, I wouldn't have done that ten years. Ago. I wouldn't have the courage yeah. to even go into a bunch of strangers and then go into this little dark place mm-hmm. and, and have that spiritual time. Yeah, and uh, I just I find that amazing about spirituality. Yeah, yeah. it's cool, eh? Like it I mean, is. it's that that's where the courage comes from, though, for me, man. Yeah, it's like the one, and and it's beyond just the thinking about it. Because yeah. for a long time I searched and I thought, processed, pondered, yeah. did all that stuff. I read Buddhist books. I read, I did the same thing though, right? Yeah, because yeah. Trying to when, find that that thing. The thing that makes sense, right? Yeah. The thing that, the hook for us, right? Whatever yeah. that is. And really what it was, was the practical way that 12 steps approach spirituality. It's yeah. the practicality of it. It's nothing beyond that. Like yeah. the mysticism was turning me off. Right? Absolutely, yeah. Because it turns me off when when we reduce something down to that. Yeah. Because then it becomes a, a parlor trick. <clears throat> yeah. Right. Which is basically what a lot of um, people have reduced religion to. Absolutely. Right? Which is fair because you know what? I don't need to defend God. God's got his shit covered. Yeah, right? yeah. What all I'm talking about is the faith part. Because the faith is separate from religion, right? Yeah. It's that knowledge when you walk down the street that it's okay. Yeah. Even if I'm hit by a bus, it's okay. Yeah, yeah. Like, and one of the things that I do today, um, in terms of that faith part, to try to keep it at the forefront. So, if I went uh, uh, last, was that last year? Yeah, last year. So, the year ago, this past September, I drove to Edmonton and spoke at a first responders and veterans conference on, uh, oh my God, suicide awareness and, and prevention. Oh, okay. So, I went up there and there's like 400 people in this room, and I, yeah, I yeah. never talked to anybody, that group that big. Right. Um, so, I was kind of like, well, no, that was the second group in like two months that was the same size boat yeah, yeah. Um, that I had spoken to. So I was kind of like pretty sure I was going to fail. Hey, so <laughs> I like drive up to Edmonton the day before to get yeah. the hotel and I get in the room and I'm just like, oh my God, like I could totally bomb. <laughs> and I didn't like get pent up about it. Yeah, yeah. It was more like I laughed and I'm like, what if you're supposed to bomb? And yeah. then I'm like, well, what would that mean? Yeah. Like, you know, how would, how, how would I handle bombing gracefully? Cause I'd, I'd want to, yeah, yeah. and I know I'm capable of it. I'm just as capable as anyone else of bombing. Right. Yeah. So I like, I just got comfortable with it and it was weird. I didn't want to be comfortable yeah, with yeah. it, but I'm kind of like, does that make me a loser that I might be okay <laughs> if I lose? Like, cause I'm like, I actually feel okay about it Yeah. because I've learned, like we were talking about earlier, I, I've learned that through pain comes growth Yeah, yeah. and through embarrassment, that's pain for me. Absolutely. Right? To be embarrassed, yeah. I'm, I might as well just go put, blow my head off. For right? sure. Oh, yeah. There was a time in my life where I would have equated one with the other. Yeah. Reason for suicide, being embarrassed. Right. Right? Like, dude, yeah. that's a giant leap. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? Absolutely, yeah. So, so to, to experience this thing in this hotel room in Edmonton where I'm by myself, I'm just, I'm there, I've got limited distraction, and mm-hmm. I'm trying to prepare, right? And I'm just like, it's going to be okay. Yeah. Went to sleep. Yeah. I woke up, had a shower, was like, went down, had breakfast and thought, it's like really going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, even if they hate me, yeah, it's going to be okay. 
right? And yeah. Because no matter what happens, at the end of the day, I'm going to leave. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go home. Those people are going to yeah. forget whatever happens. Yeah, right? yeah. Whether it's good or bad, yep. they're going to be like, oh, that was really good. And then they're going to forget because they're like me. Yeah. They leave that room and they go into another one. There's a screen on yeah. to help distract me from what I was just doing. <laughs> right. And um, I just think that's, to me, that's faith though. It is. When, once I stopped expecting things to go my way, yeah. as a faithful human, I realized that's what a faithful human is, is someone who doesn't yeah. expect it to go their way. Yeah. Expects it to go whatever is going to happen. And I wish it was perfect science, dude. I wish I was perfect. Oh at it, yeah. But I'm just grateful that there's opportunity to do it. Well, and that's the cool thing I find with it is that like in those scenarios where you're like, Oh, this could go really bad. Totally. Or it could go really good. Yeah. Um, it's just knowing that you can handle either one. Mm-hmm. And I, I think <clears throat> I'd always, it always bothered me when I heard, like I, I worked with this lady who was, like hardcore dogmatic Christian. Yeah. And but the way she talked about it, I'm like, God, I would I would I would love to experience that. Mm-hmm. Cause she talked what about she it. felt about it. Yeah, because she yeah. talked about these moments where, you know, she just had this clarity and blah mm-hmm. blah blah. And I was like, man, I've never experienced that. I'd love yeah. that. So I always was fascinated that people had that. And I think that's why I was always like, I must be really I must be going to hell because mm-hmm. I'm not getting any clarity. Yeah. But I think once you start understanding what your spirituality is and what that yes. means to you, you get that clarity, but it, then you you realize it was always there mm-hmm. and you weren't paying attention. Totally. And I think that's what my friend did for me when we did that Reiki thing was mm-hmm. I think he made me realize I wasn't paying attention. Yeah. You know, and uh, I've heard a lot of people say that when kids are like little, like infants, mm-hmm. um, that they're open to this uh, bigger world than mm-hmm. us because they just came from there Yeah. Um, in a lot of ways. Yeah, we're we're running real long, but how long is it? Hour and forty five. <laughs> Holy realized shit! Realized it was eight yeah. twenty nine because uh-huh. I heard footsteps and I thought for sure it's Heather coming up to check. <laughs> was it her? I don't know. Yeah, I saw a head go down the stairs. But I just I think that's uh, I think you realize that that stuff was always there. Mm-hmm. And I, I was just saying like kids kids can sense that stuff I think better than us, and we get yeah. conditioned out of it. Well, we get conditioned I think to be busy. Yeah, right? so that we're not seeing it. Very distracted yeah. from life. Cause I noticed like the last, like, so I started fasting, right? Yeah. I started fasting every day. So. Oh, I, the 16, eight and 16. I actually kind of? do uh 18 and six. 18 and six. Oh, yeah. Okay. Just cause I like to be a little bit more punishment. <laughs> I, I like to have, there's a little old Testament in me still. <laughs> hey, where it's like, if you can do 16, you could do 18, right? Do it for Jesus, man. Punish yourself. Yeah. Punish. Yeah. I'm just kidding. It actually, it went from the 16 to eight and eight to, to yeah. 18 and six gradually. Just, yeah. just because, and sometimes I don't always do it. Like yeah, I yeah. just, I go at least 16, no matter what. Yeah, yeah. Um, or I try to, yep. right. And because it's working, yeah. but what started to work with it is it started to open me up to new practices of spirituality. Yeah. Right? So, because when about two 30, I'll start to get really hungry. Yeah, yeah. Some days, some days are worse than others, yeah. but like I'll get like a little queasy and it's almost like, it's just that brain saying, come on, eat. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, eat. Yeah. And I'm like, nope. Yeah. I just as soon throw up on the floor, right? Because I can see the wheels turning. Yeah. So then instead of getting into that battle, um, what has been taught to me is I just turn to prayer and meditation. Yeah. And I get the most clarity as you're talking about when I'm just like breathing. Yeah. And just letting stuff just settle. Totally. And, and be like, 
okay, now I have some answers. Yeah. And I usually do walk out with something. I don't know if it's the right answer, but I walk out with a next step. Right. Yeah. And yeah. Sometimes it works out good. Sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. You know, I, th- I think you get You get ideas, you get yeah. uh, maybe a better awareness of ideas, situations. Man. Yeah. So do you, you meditate? Yeah. Do you do that frequently or? I do every day. Every day. Yeah, I do every day. And, um, is it a set time or do you just meditate till you feel like you're done? No. So I, in the morning I'll get up, I'll pray. So yep. I pray before I get out of bed. Okay. Some people say, you know, you should probably just get on your knees and pray. And I'm like yeah. too, too old Testament for this guy. Yeah. <laughs> Plus Don't, the knees are kind of shot. Seriously, yeah, my back is shit. Like I'm not, <laughs> if I can get down there, I will. But it takes me 10 minutes to even move. So yeah. that's a good time to pray. So what I do is in between my alarms, I'll, I'll, I'll lay in bed and I'll pray. Yeah. And then, cause I notice if I don't, I'm, I just, I move too fast and I'm too stupid. Gotcha. So when I can do that, but then in the middle of the day, so I split my days up. I usually oh, okay. have like a split shift basically is what I work. Yeah. It's in the middle of the day. I'll go to the gym so I can get a little bit of exercise. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'll steam for half an hour. Oh, and that's okay. my meditation. Yeah. That's really I'll good. meditate in the steam room. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, literally people come in and come and go and I'm just sitting there. Yeah. You don't even notice. Don't that. even notice, man. Yeah. And it's like when I leave that, it's that final um, connection, yeah. right? It's that, okay, I've now made this connection. I feel so much better, right? Yeah, yeah. Even though by the time, it's usually time to eat almost. And yeah. I'm getting hungry. <laughs> but it's like that, as you know, when you go out for four days, like what do you do for the four days? Yeah, you basically pray and... You pray and you meditate. Yeah. You're waiting for answers, right? Yeah. Yeah, man. So it's the same thing, Yeah. you know? And the interesting thing about it is that I never thought I'd be able to fast. I know. Like I, I had such a terrible relationship with food that I just, every time, cause I had yep. a friend who, um, who's Muslim and he would fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Ramadan, right? Ramadan. I think, Ramadan. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I don't want to get it. Wrong. And they do it with during the sun up to sundown. There's yeah. no nothing. Yeah. yeah. And, and like, I, I really respect him for that. I respect anyone yep. who puts himself through any sort of like discipline yep. in this life. Because what I've learned about discipline is it helps. Oh yeah. It makes life easier, not harder. Yeah, unfortunately, my dad was right on that. Yeah, <laughs> right? He was. Like, I mean, they were right, man, when they yeah. told us that shit, right? Um, but the the truth of the matter is, is that when he was doing it and he was telling me, I just never imagined I could. Yeah. Because I didn't think I had that kind of faith. Absolutely. Because I could tell that when he was talking about it, just like you're talking about four days, yeah. and a friend of mine, you know, Bob, that we had on. Yeah, yeah. So when he does that too, it's the same thing. I'm just like amazed by you guys yeah. because I'm like, Holy crap, like they actually go without food. Yeah. And the only time I've ever went without food was when I couldn't afford it. Yeah. <laughs> and most of the time that was in college yeah. when I'm like eating ketchup packets yeah, and yeah. shit, right? <laughs> um, but like to actually purposefully uh, with the intention of connecting yes. to do that, like I, I got to tell you, man, listening to guys like you and Bob and other people like yeah. John, who's a Buddhist and talk about the fact that this is what they do. Yeah. This is the practice, man. I got to thank all of you guys, man. Because the truth is, without the connection to you, to you, to other people who practice different things, I probably never would have tried to fast. Yeah, yeah. Right? And um, I, I'm enjoying so many benefits from fasting. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I, I'm surprised how much energy I have. Like, Absolutely. today I didn't eat till six, man. Yeah. Like, and I was fine. I mean, I was having a long day because of work. but For sure. My focus was there, like absolutely, you know, like I wasn't, yeah. and I thought that was really going to be a no-brainer. Oh, you eventually turn tired. into a meathead, right? Yeah. Like, and just be like, Grr. I, I did that eight and sixteen for did a you? long time. Yeah, yeah. How kind of got it? out of it recently? But yeah, I found the same thing. Yeah, like it, 
first little while it was tough because mm-hmm. you're like you're just in a pattern. You're in a I was habit so used of eating. To eating at eleven every day for yeah. no reason. I just ate. Yeah, and then yeah. so then when you break that pattern after about a week, I was like, oh, that's really isn't that bad. Yeah, but it's like the four day fast. It's because yeah. I don't do it just to do it. No, I do you're it like it's it. a spiritual. Yeah, you're going value. through an experience. But uh, the 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 thirst and because there's no water, no nothing for four days, mm-hmm. and oh, the thirst would get you. The thirst and the hunger for the first half day. Yeah. That's when it gets you. Okay. But then I think your body's like, well, okay. It probably fine, just assumes fine. you're not going to get fed. Right? Yeah, right? So it, it just gives up. It's yeah. sending you all the signals. Yeah. But it's that first half day you're in there that you're just like, oh, my God, my stomach mm-hmm. and everything. And then after that, honestly, you barely even think about it. Yeah. Yeah. So like, you just lay in the... You just lay there. You kind of you get up and stretch. Do you and go walk for walks and stuff? or You have to stay within a certain... You set up your area around where you Oh, you have to stay within the space. Yeah. Um, with the exception of, you know, bathroom breaks. Using the bathroom. <laughs> Thank you. You I don't you don't go you where you're at. Yeah. But, you um, have a bucket next to your bed? Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> but I was just, you know, like last year I was on this beautiful piece of land, mm-hmm. and uh, I would get up in the morning, and it was, it was in Victoria, or just outside of Victoria, so it was very steep, mm-hmm. the guy's yard, so, which made it a hell to put up a teepee. Yeah. But... When I'd come out in the morning, like, because you're up when the sun comes up, right? Yeah. And so you come out in the morning and you just kind of stretch. And you're staring out over the trees and the sun. And, yeah. like, it was amazing. Absolutely yeah. amazing. Cool. So it's, but it's an experience. And I yeah. think that even the intermittent fasting, yeah. I think, is, it changes mentality. Change. Yeah, it does. Yeah. I didn't even recognize how, like, poor my relationship with food was. Like, yeah. I was eating way too much. Yeah. Like, well, I was still eating. I shouldn't. I shouldn't say that because when I was lifting, back when I could lift, and yeah, work out. Well, you're all the burning time. a lot of calories. Well, then, but I was right? just still eating the same as I did back then. Yeah, yeah. And you can't, yeah, right? no, because no. I was burning I probably five thousand calories a day back yeah. then, right? Like, yeah. um, I couldn't take enough calories in, right, right. But um, <clears throat> anyway, dude, we got to be pushing on two hours. Yeah, now. we're getting close. We should so, cut this off. Yeah. So, was there any last words, man? Any parting shots? Uh, no, I got, <laughs> I got nothing. I loved it. And I love yeah. your show. I love doing this every Saturday. Dude, I, I appreciate you and I love yeah. you, man. Thank yeah, you absolutely. very much for coming on tonight. Uh, one, one last thing before we go. Um, if anyone is wondering uh, about Christmas time, uh, please give me your money. I'm just kidding. Okay, <laughs> if what we're talking about is the trip to Mexico in March. So this is not just a trip to get down to Mexico and get a suntan, which I will get anyway, trust me, um, because I will walk around almost naked in Mexico in my Speedo. Oh, so buddy. if you want to see that, you got to like <laughs> come to Mexico. I'm just kidding. I don't wear a Speedo. I wear no swimsuit whatsoever. Um, so we are going to go down there and we are going to try to help my friend finish his treatment center. Yep. And we are also going to try to get enough stuff together that we can bring Darcy with us Woo-hoo! so that we can also have a podcast down there while we're yes. down there. Maybe one or two of them. And even do some there. video and stuff while we're down yeah. there. Yeah. Although if you're not wearing clothes, we probably won't. I'll put clothes on for the video <laughs> only because I care about children. That's it. It's because I care about children and, and the elderly. I really care about, I don't want to scare anybody. <laughs> so yeah, if you guys are interested in helping us out in terms of getting this stuff together, or you have any ideas about maybe some stuff that we could consider doing while we're down there or taking with us when we go down there, don't hesitate to drop us a note. You all the contact information is coming up at the end. Yep. Um, and please, uh, thank you so much for your support. 
I encourage any of you, if you're impacted by the, by any of our podcasts or anything that we do, uh, please let us know, reach out if you want anything to be added. If you feel like we're missing something, um, I know that I don't know everything. That's what I know. Yep. And that's really the limit of my knowledge. So <laughs> at that point, we're going to just call it a night. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, Thank man. Thank you, Darcy. You bet. We would like to remind you that the opinions shared are those of the individuals and not representative of Freedom's Path Recovery Society or any other affiliation we may share with organizations or individuals. Thank you, Wild Rose United Church, for your open-hearted giving to the community at large in a multitude of ways. You have graciously provided space and love for us to work within, and we cannot thank the staff, volunteers, and members of the church enough for all that they do each and every day. Thank you again, Darcy Robinson. As usual, your work is incredible. Thanks for donating it to us. I am not here without each of our board of directors, Trent Baker, Todd Deer, Christine Pimiskern, Heather Morijo, Wayne Lurie, and John James. To all of the individuals who graciously donate their money and time to helping Freedom's Path become a society and now a charity, thank you. Who is Freedom's Path? We work directly with individuals and families struggling and suffering from, with addiction of all types, mental illness, codependency, and a multitude of difficulties humans bring forward as they attempt to make life-altering changes. If you are interested in attending our upcoming or future groups, being a guest on the podcast, or looking to make a donation or help in some other way, please contact us through our website, www.freedomspathrecoverysociety.ca or find us on Facebook at Freedom's Path Recovery Society. If you are close to giving up, regardless of what your difficulty might be, please reach out to someone. You can always give up tomorrow, or maybe you won't have to. To anyone listening, imagine that your voice might be the only one someone hears inside their darkness. What is it you would like to say? As for me, I'm David Lurie, and I wish you all the best, wherever you are. Be safe and try to have some fun, because our time here is quite limited after all.